0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Welcome, welcome to the Blood and Mud Podcast, the podcast that... Oh fuck that, Josh! It's World Cup week. It's World Cup week. Hey no party like a World Cup pie. <laughs> oh, party an
0: atmosphere.
1: Atmosphere. oh let me take you there and you and i be dancing in the Crown Fair or something.
2: Honestly, <sighs> it doesn't get old that thing.
1: It doesn't get unleashed unless it's a really big event. It must be said. We have to keep the powder dry on Russ Abbott on this podcast. We do. So not I've, just,
2: I've just noticed we have we do have it queued up in our built-in video. Stuff.
1: Yeah, I think we did this last time. And then <laughs> we're near well. us, we were shouting in the background and like trying to make, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Trying to <laughs> MC it, do you know what I mean? Like, a, yeah. Yeah, 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 like, a, like a, as we would. But he said, "Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hi podcast." Ya. It is World Cup. It is finally World Cup week. I've just been on the. Obviously, oh, we did hell. a lot of research. Just gone onto the website, and the countdown is into four days and however many hours. It's too much to.
2: Uncriable, to... as the <laughs> French would say.
1: As you know, as Betty Boo said, it's too much for me to handle. Already caused a scandal, etc. So you know,
2: quite right, indeed. Honestly, so now we got that out
1: of the way. But yeah, see, the long time coming, don't it? now it's here.
2: I'm really, really just... I just need it to start now. Because I can't handle any more build-up shit. It's, it's too much.
1: Anyway. Went, and, and what an opening, by the way.
2: Yeah, uh, probably the best opening match that the World Cup has ever had, I would say.
1: Yeah, I went to see Springsteen once and he opened with... The promised land feels a bit like that roof off, <laughs> Boof. you know, too much high emotion, too early. Probably have to go home an hour from the end, but yeah, it's um, yeah, so yeah, yeah more on exciting. that later. This is our official, you know, ha, official. This is our World Cup preview thing, so we're going to talk about it in a bit more detail. I mean, loads of people are doing this already, you know, we might not leave us anything new, but ah, well, we'll say it whichever way, probably not, willing.
0: to
2: be honest, but you know, such as, such as. Is... The risk you take with us, we might just repeat ourselves. We've done it before. I'll do it again. I'll do it again.
1: You will. So more on this all later in that form, that the other part of the show. How are you doing, Josh? Hot in it?
2: Hot. Fucking hot, mate. Is what I am. It's too hot. Yeah, it's sort of come out of nowhere, isn't it? Like.
1: Yeah, I was saying not... before we came on, I'm not emotionally prepared for this level of heat. I'm not <laughs> no, emotionally it's... prepared to be watering my garden again, I'll tell you that.
2: It's September the 4th and it is 28 degrees. Like... Friend
1: of the pod, Patricia Vieira, is off in, and Squidge as well, are both off in France, aren't they? Well, it's like 32 oh, I mean. degrees, apparently.
2: It is. Which, again, this isn't like. Robbie well, or cups in the Northern Hemisphere are supposed to be the cold and rainy ones, not the. Sort of baking, beating hard ground ones. I can't help but feel like we're just handing the advantage over to the fancy feathers from down south. But oh well,
1: we shall Climate see, change. won't we? But uh, and also, you know, it go. I mean, let's be honest. This World Cup, because it's a rugby World Cup, finishes sometime in March. So we're going to go yeah, through exactly. like four seasons in one in one no, tournament. So
2: go through a French winter before this
1: happens. <laughs> yeah, but the final is the twenty eighth of October. Let that sink even, in. That's nearly Halloween. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that Wales's involvement in the tournament will have ended long before that, but
1: you know, I'd be even more scary than any Halloween thing you've ever seen. But yeah, True. so yeah, it's so a long old tournament. Um, I won't be here next week, as I've already mentioned, because I'm in me. Major- well, I'm in Majorca, so I'm not podding from there. So you'll have to make. Yeah, you'll be here.
2: I think you'll so be equally, to- equally if not. More hot than ever, uh, but just, but
1: emotionally prepared
2: and correctly yeah, exactly. tired. You were ready <laughs> yourself for it. No, indeed. I I worked in a vest all day, I didn't have any calls this after, after this morning, and I just went and put a vest on.
1: I was stoked today, it was even hot there, so you know. Wow, but the um, I went to the tour of Britain cycling on Sunday. Those of you watching mm-hmm. on, on, the, on the live stream will see that, that my forehead. Basically, looks like a well-boiled lobster claw. Because <laughs> I didn't have any, I was you I do was exposed. A the cold
2: sun a little, shall we say?
1: Yeah, but by Friday when I'm on the plane to New that'll look on a nice shade of brown, I reckon, and I'll get well, exactly. Organ.
2: Yeah, you'll just you know, it'll it'll fade into brown, and then you can top it up over the the following I
1: mean, like, week. We go slap the Hawaiian traffic factor thirty on it. I'll be right. Not making yeah. a mistake I made last time, and I tried that P20. If you remember that story when oh, I went to Fuerte, yeah. Ventura? No. Fell asleep, woke up properly, properly like you know, like tepid water touches your skin and it feels like it's somebody's branding you. It was one of them. I won't be doing that again.
2: Yeah, the sun is not to be fucked with.
1: It is not, Can't especially in this day and age. Preach. So yeah, tour of Britain in Manchester. My friend works. I got his hospitality because my friend mm-hmm. uh, works for a company that organises it. So we got me and Paddy in. And I got, nice. you know, a bit of free food, a bit of free drink. Not that it makes it, but the only free drink they had was Coke Zero. I know I shouldn't moan about no, free no, 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 stuff, no, no. but you'd think a, a high level event like that would have something better, wouldn't you? It's disappointing, see. It is. Honestly, it's, 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 this is the real fucking ec- epidemic pandemic we need yeah. to worry about the Coke it's Zero really... pandemic. Yeah.
2: Tell you what, right? I got my Sainsbury's order this morning. Yes. For the per. And instead of providing me with two bottles of Pepsi Max, no, it's not. It's not even that. I would have lived with Coke Zero, right? Right. They sent me two bottles of Pepsi Max,
1: caffeine free. It could have been worse. It could have been Pepsi Max Cherry. I made that mistake. In oh, I
2: mean, that would have just gone straight. That would have been a return. I wouldn't even have
1: taken the that cans the in place. the vending machine. Are sometimes turned around so it's just the writing oh, on the back. Evil. And you've got to look easy. really closely at the little cherry thing at the top. Like half a quarter of a cherry is all you can see.
2: And they it's like they're trying to trick you. They're doing the same. We've discussed this. They're doing the same with Coca Cola. They're in all bottles of Coke Red mm. just to try and trick you into buying Coke Zero.
1: It's so just I not. Thought, one. And I, I thought, well, I've bought it now, so I might as well give it a go. Fucking mm-hmm. hell, it's awful. It's real bad.
2: Do you know those uh, Coke, like. Those those fancy Coke machines they have in places like Five Guys and stuff. The one that collect- The
1: digital screen one.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones where everything sort of tastes the same and none of it's good. Um,
1: <laughs> they make you press loads of buttons for it all to come out of the same pump anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's like ultimately, I
2: just want Coke. I don't want Coke with lime, Coke with cherry, Coke with strawberry, Coke yeah, with Yeah, who's vinegar. choosing this? I mean, everything's data
1: driven these days. Surely they must know about one person in five million picks yeah. something with lime. Yeah. What? What? Who is? Who is
2: the Coke freestyle machine for? And what is their damage? What is their injury, (laughs) mentally and emotionally? Just give us, you know, what was there was nothing wrong with the old fashioned, you know, fountain, that just just you you had five options:
1: Coke, Diet
2: Coke, Diet Coke, Fanta, Pepsi, Dr Pepper.
1: The paralysis of choice that is this modern world. Like going to a pub and there's. 300 beers to choose from. that, they, they all taste like two pences. You know, it's just come on. <laughs> I, I, in the old days, you had the one that wasn't strong, Foster's, Heineken, Carlin.
2: Some sort. Or you of... had
1: the one that was strong, which was usually yeah. either Stella or Cronenberg. And if you don't like it, you can fuck off.
2: And you had a terrible bitter, like Worthington or Boddington's.
1: Yeah, but
2: like, yeah, t- totally like smooth. Bit. So yeah, like yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, of liquid shit, landlord. Please, yes. That <laughs> it's,
2: uh... I was in a pub the other day that had one of those uh Coke Freestyle machines, and it was just like a pub? But it was But it wasn't even like a Coke. It wasn't even like one of the big ones, like you get in a cinema or whatever. It was like a tiny one that gave you almost no. That still made you get the drink yourself, but it just gave you an incredibly limited option like thing of options. Like uh,
1: Pizza Hut has them. Pepsi yes, Pepsi version, and so does uh, Subway.
2: Yes, yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. This was so, in a, a brewer's fair. Which look, well, you have to make you have to make oh, decisions as a parent about where you eat sometimes. And sometimes the it spoons gets a slag in,
1: right? Yeah, doesn't it for many reasons? But when they converted the Woolworths in Hollywell into a spoons, And my kids are mm. both under ten years old, delighted. Going on a I- Wednesday. Feed the whole some, lot of us for twenty two quid home again.
2: Sometimes you've got to make a decision based on what establishment has a wacky warehouse versus <laughs> exactly. Especially
1: when small as your lad, yeah.
2: Indeed, yeah. As opposed to what is going to give you a good meal. Because they didn't give me you know, I'm just gonna say it. Bruce Fair and Aberdeer, uh absolutely appalling food.
1: Genuinely. Well, you know what you're getting though, don't you? There's no yeah, ex- exactly going in. Give yeah. me some frozen chips and a fucking passable burger yeah. and a pint, because I'm probably still drinking then for seven pounds fifty. Fine. Yeah. I'll have no complaints about it on any level. Like I I, yes, Katie, I know be. the inside of your fucking <laughs> kids spaghetti bolognese is actually still frozen, but we've only paid two pound fifty for it. Stop moaning <laughs> uh, and eat it.
2: Honestly, like I, I'm not you go in there go. look, I know this is going to taste demonstrably worse than McDonald's. <laughs> like by a, by quite a distance as well. But, like, I've, sometimes you've got to do that for the Wacky Warehouse opportunities. And, uh, yeah.
1: I was wondering when Kerry was going to pipe up and say that was a cracking little pub, that. He says, because I was part of the management team for a while. <laughs> Kerry, I do. I remember you behind that bar. I do. Back in the day. Didn't know was, you then. Didn't know you were listener. This is all very coincidental. So, yeah. I thought
2: he was going to say he was, he was a part of the management team of Tear Founder Fields Brewers Fair in there uh, <laughs> And I was going to
1: say... No. You, you, you need the market cross, Trefanon, Flint, Sierra Flint, Gogled Cymru is where we're talking. Anyway, so yeah, so I did that on the weekend. I also went to Birmingham on Saturday because I took all my daughter and all the stuff back to a new student house. So the M56 mm-hmm. took an absolute fucking pasting this weekend <laughs> off me. And my um, daughter's student house, she landed lucky. She didn't have to pay summer rent because they were doing it up.
2: Oh, perfect!
1: Stuff. And when she's moved in, it's all new bathroom. It's a landlord's makeover, so it's they got a oh, temporary, yeah. but new bathroom, new all that stuff. Um, and then I went to Manchester to my lad's student house, which has not just been done up. Let me put it that way.
2: I remember my second year student house, like my housemate's mother was genuinely like. Incent to the point of legal action that our landlord had the temerity to take out a cleaning deposit from our house when it was basically just one rung above a slum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and it was absolutely... For as good. It was as good as it could get by the time we left, and it was not a very nice place. It had algae growing on the inside of the windows... Uh, you had to wear gloves indoors because the insulation was so bad. And they still tried to take 250 quid off each of us to professionally clean the establishment.
0: Incredible. And, uh, yeah,
2: indeed. She wrote a, st- a sternly worded letter to him uh, demanding her, uh, our money back. Although she kind of fucked it by going that she, uh, but her opening gambit was, I am the mother of the Craig. Which, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she obviously just meant, I am. The mother of Craig, or I am Craig's mother. But for some reason, she wrote, "I am the mother of the." A Craig.
1: definite article of Craig. Yeah, like just for
2: the, yeah, that guy is, is the Craig now and has been like, the Craig ever since. Like he and was and a
1: darts player on an exactly. MMA fighter. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, and so that happened in two thousand and six, and yeah, he's been the Craig ever since and always will be.
1: I am. Um, like I've never told you. When I went to uni. I got obviously. I got as people say, how did you get on your A levels? There, I said so I got a university in Middlesbrough. How do you think I got on my A levels? But I, I, so I got through clearing. And University of Texas, I didn't have much accommodation, so I can't remember if I told you this, but they put us in a they put me in an hotel. They put they nice. basically had a sub a subsidized like boarding house in Linthorpe, which is Christ. just outside, and there was all students in there. And this this you know, <laughs> this boy was like, great. So I had to basically basically find three people. And go, do you want to live together? You know, like first people have a conversation, which we get a house because we, <laughs> we were given two weeks to find somewhere to live. Jesus. So I found a house just off of fucking. There was no internet then. Well, there wasn't an internet in nineteen ninety four. And um, not that we could use, and uh found one 21 pound a week. It was <laughs> and Middlesbrough was, che- I think my mate was in Liverpool. He was paying 32. So Middlesbrough was cheap for like 1994 as well. And, um, and I went in, I didn't even have a wardrobe because the bloke had obviously just bought it and tried to flip it around and lend, lend it as soon as possible. I had no wardrobe, no bed. My mum came up with me gear because I couldn't bring everything with me to the hotel. Cause obviously I was staying mm. in a hotel. You want gear, and Betty just started crying the minute she walked in because oh, there was a yeah. chair on bricks. I had no bed, no wardrobe. So he's coming next, and I didn't give a fuck. I was eighteen. I just <laughs> left left over. I was like, "Fine, mum, fuck off." This is the thing.
2: That house that we had in the second year was an absolute shithole, but it was forty yards from the student union, and that was more important than <laughs> things being nice at that point
1: in time for us. Indeed. You just don't yeah. care, do you? No, and that's and it even and I walked in with Paddy just kind of shrugged me. I mean, I wouldn't fucking hate to live in it now. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was uh yeah, but uh you know they're all going fine. Have you got some car alarm going off in your local? Um, yeah, uh, there's, a, there's
2: a there's a car alarm going off outside. Oh, there we go. Stop. <laughs> Thank God for that. Um I tell you what, man. Before we go on to this, have you seen um Sailor launched their new kits today, right? No, I
1: haven't. I don't have my finger on the pulse of such things as you do, like what you do.
2: Like for some reason, both of their kits are blue, which is you know a a real great. Who's making them? them? Uh, Still Macron, I think. They're not; they're they're perfectly defensive. But Josh, like they've they've got Josh Beaumont to to front (laughs) Eastwell, yeah. Kit launch, and Jesus Christ, I genuinely thought it was Bill. Like, I had to look at how old Josh Beaumont is, right? He's because about 32 now.
1: He's 30. He's, he's eight years younger than me. Fucking state on him, man. <laughs> you know what he's starting to look like? he starts to look like John Sargent, the BBC News he's, guy. Jesus Christ. He looks like a fucking barbel, if it's anybody been... knows they're fishing.
2: Nobody who was born in 1993... Should look like <laughs> that. I'm sorry. Like, I don't care if he's played professional rugby. He's the son of a rich man who was like, like, Yeah, it's not like he had
1: a tough paper round, is it? No, Jesus.
2: there's no
1: excuse to be looking like bad puss when you've had it that easy all <laughs> your life. So, bless him anyway. Yes, Gary says, Is he an 80s footballer? Yes, we've done that, haven't we?
2: He, 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 he genuinely does have 80s footballer energy in a sense of how are you
1: better put together, honestly. Anyway. Anyway.
0: Mm.
1: Where am I up to you? Te- The best ever one for looking mega old was the guy who Brian Clough signed for Derby, Terry yes. yes, yes he was 26 yes, yes. or something and properly looked <laughs> like a granddad. It was the
2: 70s. Indeed. That's the thing, Josh, but it's 2023. There's no excuse to look that bad at the age of 30. Sorry.
1: Other news in my life. My shower's leaking. Oh. It needs a new. It needs a new quarter tap yeah. cartridge. So I, I took it off. Short version is I needed a long socket, which yeah. I had to buy. It's cost honestly. It's been an epic. This thing I had to buy a long socket. And then it was then you know like because it calcifies, so it won't come off. It wouldn't yep. come off. So then I fuck it. I had to buy a socket fitting for my impact screwdriver. Hello. So basically, I was like. At me shower like it was a Formula One pit stop wheel, <laughs> so I was secretly quite excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So of course, I shut the water off, or the isolators. I whip it out, the thing, not you know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the cartridge, and then I realise that the cartridge I've got to replace is completely the wrong size. I've had to. I've been through about four iterations of this journey, and I'm still left with a dripping <laughs> shower and an increasing collection of tools sat in my bathroom when I get it sorted, I mean it's not and... a
2: total loss, then you know.
1: It's... Well, exactly. I've got a really good socket set because even though I needed one long socket, I thought this is yeah. an excuse to buy a really good socket set from Screwfix. Yeah. So I did that. I'll be using that once every five years. So... <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, good stuff!
1: Good stuff! Good stuff! Anyway, I'm Lee. Hello, everybody, and over hey. there is uh, I'm Josh. So, it, you so you, be you've been in Aberdey then, have you, Josh? This weekend, I'm guessing. Hence your talk. Uh it was, very, we was came
2: last, week? last yeah last week I was this weekend we were at a wedding uh wedding.
1: oh yes i saw i saw No, was adorable uh gear. He
2: out, yeah he looked very good he dressed for the occasion i i wish i had put like he was sensibly wearing a little waistcoat and a little nice linen short sleeve shirt and some nice shorts and a little bow tie and it was fucking adorable frankly um <laughs> I really wish I could have gone full Finn Russell on the <laughs> the seatstick because I was fucking boiling, and this was Saturday. It was only like twenty three twenty four but compared to what it has been, it was still far too much. yeah, imagine if that if that had been on Sunday, I would genuinely not be here today. I would be a puddle
1: in Filton <laughs> somewhere a puddle with some wispy hair on top <laughs> the um yeah, so well. Was that family, friend, something else? Uh,
2: uh, Richie's cousin. So kind Very of nice. uh, uh, possibly the you know the, the least level of investment that I can have. You <laughs> know, in in sat wedding. near the
1: back. Don't have to worry about it too much. <laughs> exactly.
2: And I was kind of like, well, you know, it's not. You know, I can. I've got a child now. They're like the best excuse ever. So it's like six o'clock came, and I was just like, don't fancy the disco.
1: So <laughs> honestly, let's, let's go on. I'll talk, well, I'll come back to this in a minute about time slowing down at a wedding. Mm. You're yeah, right. But I'll come back that, yeah. Um, anyway. anyway, we you want to get in touch with us, uh, I'm yeah. at Blood and... This is our World Cup preview, you know, 20 minutes <laughs> in. Really good stuff. So if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Blood and Mud on the Twitter or Lee at Bloodandmud.com on the email. And what about what about you, Josh?
2: Uh, I am at Josh Gardner at... Uh... On Twitter and the blue sky as well. Even though I still can't be fucking asked, <laughs> um, we'll see. Why do you well. keep
1: opening these accounts, John? Is it because you still want to feel like you're part of, like you know, the culture, but really can't be bothered?
2: Yes, in fact, that also, like, from a work perspective, I do kind of, ah, have of to
1: course, be yes,
2: vaguely on these things. I had to, I had to set up a work TikTok account this week, and Jesus Christ, that, that
1: was not. I don't like it. I don't want to like it. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with it. Well, how long before you get in TikToks about your kid dying, like Rachel got, so, you know.
2: <laughs> Literally. The, you You'll know, probably get pay, TikToks pay about pay your my... kids
1: um, hanging themselves with guitar strings.
2: Yes. That <laughs> Within is that, like an hour
1: cool. of you having that.
2: <laughs> we've, we've targeted on the algorithm exactly how to fuck with this guy. Good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, right, so we're, that's how you get in to touch with us. We're on the Sports Social Network. We are on Apple and wherever else you get your podcasts from, but we're also on Patreon.com. It's the Slash in Union, the Slash One. As we climb to reach our destiny, the whole slash has begun. Blood and mud, where well, you can come along and get extra things. Patreon.com. Blood and mud for extra episodes and things. You know, you know, you know the score by now, Josh. Yeah. You. That song's reminded me that you've written say, a piece about I do, I, that I, I very did. song, and i, did, I probably I did. got the words all wrong.
2: I did a Rugby World article this week uh on rugbyworld.com about sort of defending uh, Paloma Faith's notorious version in 2015. I say defending. I mean, I defend it on the basis that that song is fucking bobbins anyway, and she can't ruin what was already ruined. But it was. Now you also- pointed
1: out that I slagged it at the time. <laughs> ended up in the Telegraph slagging it off.
2: You, were the, you asked, you remain the first person quoted in the Telegraph's
1: article. After and the guy below me is that so... incredibly racist bloke. He was <laughs> slagging it off. The bald fellow, like, it was a UKIP candidate or something. He's like, really a terrible man. Oh, David true... Vance, yes. Yes, he's yes. the next guy well, down slagging years, it off. That's the it? company Keeps I'm keeping.
2: It? Oh, my God. I mean, that's, that's alarming, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Yeah,
2: um, that's what, that's what rugby union discourse was in 2015. Where David, it's how a,
1: <laughs> it's how affected I plumber faith is generally.
2: Yeah, I yeah. can't be doing
1: because I think even a speaking voice is put on,
2: but um, yeah, no, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, like inside, I, I'm right there with you all,
1: like, but the. I could live with the the, the the version of it. The bit I really couldn't handle and made me like quite angry and made my neck turn the same colour as my forehead is right now with like <laughs> yeah. the anger in it, was the bit when it came back from the adverts and went out to an advert and she'd go, the world in union. Yeah. <laughs> that was the yeah. bit that absolutely oh, yeah. just completely it's just boiled It's the bit at in. the end
2: of the song and there is absolutely no defending that like on, <laughs> on no level. And she
1: starts pretending to be like well. some... Shit, shit version Yelping. of Oasis Redding at Monterey doing, <laughs> doing, doing, Monterey <laughs> doing. Try a little contender. Yeah,
2: don't 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 try any Yelp out The world is union. Like you think you're fucking <laughs> James Brown or something. Come
1: on. <laughs> break out. Do, 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 do. in a world well in union. Do, do, do. So, yeah, that's the
2: version we all could have got behind. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. So yeah. the I enjoyed that, by the way. If anyone hasn't seen it, Rugby World, Josh talking about the world in Union.
2: yeah, please, you know, read it, and then maybe uh, Al will commission me to do more blatantly not nothing to do with rugby things that I can talk shit about on Rugby World. You know,
1: I'll be covering. I'll be covering games for the Guardian. I'm only doing one one day a weekend. I've told them because you know cause I've got stuff to do. And let mm. other people write some stuff. So I'll be doing that anyway. So we'll see. But I'm not when I'm on holiday. So I think my first games will be that Sunday the 7th, Sunday the 18th, whichever one's there. We'll look at that in a minute. So we'll talk can... about the games and all that in a bit.
2: You can really tell, by the way, that the old. Uh the rugby rolodexes of various broadcasters have been being hammered over the last couple of weeks. Have <laughs> they been in touch with a year, have I've been I've had have literally had about four calls from BBC uh, BBC Wales and BBC Radio Wales asking me <laughs> to do various things. And like
1: have you done them? Yeah. No, because we used to jump at that. Then we go, oh yeah, I yeah, do. I did. Initially, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it now. I'm like, oh, can't be I, fucking hard.
2: No, no. Yeah, there was a guy. There was a guy who was like, oh yeah. So we wanted to come in studio on, and it'll be from seven till nine. And I was just like, absolutely not. There is nowhere I'm going to Cardiff before seven in the morning just to be on BBC Radio Wales. Sorry, <laughs> that is that is not something that is happening.
1: Pre the 2015 World Cup, I was asked to go on Dotun Adebayo's overnight show on five live. Oh yeah. And they had an entire it was dedicated to doing the Rugby World Cup. And it was from like fucking eleven at night till four in the morning. And they had somebody from every a fan from every team was there and me as the quote unquote expert. I thought how many fucking people have you asked before you've you've got somebody (laughs) like me to agree to do it overnight. So that was that was the last time I last time I did radio then apart from when what was that online sports radio one that kept getting in touch with us? About the one that I
2: the one that I eventually just stopped responding to their calls. Yeah, because, Ian you Watts' know, like,
1: face was the Ian Stone was it was the Breakfast yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. Terrible. Remember. They were awful. Don't know why we they went on them so many times. Again, it's, as you say, it's the thing where like you, the novelty of getting asked. You're like, oh, okay, and then after you've been asked about three times, it's
1: like. <laughs> well, Matt, I, I first started working for the Guardian in the last World Cup, 2019. Mm. And I got given one game, and I was like, I gotta get up at four o'clock in the shitty morning to cover it. Then go to work. I can't fucking believe this. And of course, and it's gonna be fucking terrible. And it was, uh, of course, it was Fiji Uruguay, wasn't it? So, and I was Uh, like, I went to work like wrung out emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shall we begin, Josh? As we always begin. I think think we should begin. This could be the worst one ever. Seven minutes in, yeah. Tom Edwards gets in touch with a player spotted. He does it on the Patreon page. He's a lovely patron, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Short and snappy this one, but I like a lot. But a lot in it, L- mm. like an Isbell lyric. lot said in few words. <laughs> player spotted says Tom. Straight in with it as well. No lead in, Straight in. Samson Lee at Carnethy Leisure Centre. <laughs> Small Perfect. pool. Racket. Went. Full stop. Sharing similar end of summer holiday fatigue vibes as me, says Tom. Very little swimming from Samson, mostly supervising duties. Cheers, Tom.
2: I love that. So, it's great, then, isn't it? On every ra- editor ra- in
1: you ra- 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 must love that.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just it's in terms in terms of like a news pyramid. It's <laughs> giving me everything you know. It's giving me the most important information at top, and then every line is filling in more and more. And at any point, I could just cut that off and it would still make sense. Glorious stuff.
1: Now, you said before you are at a wedding. Yes. You know Einstein's theory of relativity, right? I struggled to understand mm-hmm. that until I applied it to real-world contexts. Mm-hmm. So time slows down as you approach the speed of light. Yes. Never could get my head around that mm. until I'd spent time at a wedding in that bit when they're turning the room into the disco room for the evening. Jesus. It's the slowest time the, the world has ever. It's like solitary confinement time. I imagine that's like that kind of time. <laughs> Full of food. You're a bit pissed. There's nothing happening. You just want to go to sleep. <laughs> you've, yeah. you've run out of things to say to the. You're small. You're exhausted from small talk. It's slow time.
2: Yeah, because there's, there's there are two periods of slow time really in a wedding. There is the. You've come from depending on where, what sort of wedding you, you've either arrived at the venue from the church, in this case, or you've kind of had the ceremony and they're sorting out the ceremony room into the room for the, like... But basically, mm-hmm. from then, until you sit down to eat, you're generally stood outside or in a sort of patio area mm. talking with people you don't really know.
1: For... If you're a posh wedding, somebody's playing a harp. Yeah, uh, for, for, one,
2: for one to three hours. And... <laughs> it's that that in itself is like a sort of initial test of your ability to small talk and then you've got the meal and as you and then you have that it's like a secondary it's like it's like the quake after the earthquake you know that's often worse (laughs) it's like it's 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 not as it's not as high on the richter scale yet because of the damage has already been done the sort of it's it's much more devastating I will say though we didn't get to stay for this, but at uh, the wedding on Saturday, they, um, the groom's family, or my uh, my wife's cousins and such, and her dad's and her dad and her uncles and such had a game of cricket on the lawn in between the because uh, they're nice, a nice. massive cricket family, so they got they got a bat and, a, and a, a relatively inoffensive ball and some stumps, and they had a game of relatively statute like some relatively standing still cricket while they waited for the. Uh, that was tradition at my,
1: at my rugby club's end of season. Do except we did it in the dark and everyone had to be naked. <laughs> There's none more rugby union than that, is there? Honestly, Pointless okay, nakedness, yeah. chance of really badly hurting yourself. Everyone <laughs> finds it tips. hilarious. Everyone what? finds it hilarious. Yeah, yeah. just hear the ball take, take. whizzing past you in the pitch dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but anyway, uh, the reason why I mention that is there is no time. Ta- that slow time that you just talked about, that we just talked about, there mm-hmm. is no time slower, and you probably experienced yeah. this now, there is no time slower than being with your kids in a swimming pool. Oh it is the oh. slowest time you will ever know. You think, I've been playing for about 45 <laughs> minutes here, and you look up at that big clock, with the green and black yeah. second timer on it. <laughs> yeah, you've got four and a half minutes at best. Yeah, I don't fucking believe yeah. this. And it's I can't smart. even swim a couple of legs yeah. to fill the time, because the kid will drown. <laughs>
2: I don't even believe S- Speedo is a particularly accurate watch brand anyway. Come <laughs> off
1: Exactly. Here. There is no way that's right. That's gone backwards <laughs> 10 minutes since I came into this fucking pool. <laughs> and my eyes are already hurting from the fucking glory. Yeah. <sighs> honestly. St- have you done that yet, Josh? Have you done the, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah we haven't done it for a while, but when he was younger, I, know why. Used yeah. take- <laughs> I used to take him every week. And
1: honestly, it was just the
2: same fucking shit
1: every week. So it's cool. the same when I did fucking, or, or the other thing is, the shortest time i ever known was when, when I used to do painting with the kids. Mm. That was a very short period of time. Mm. i put fucking black bin bags all over everything, make them a black bin bag poncho, get the paints out. right, paint. Yeah, Literally I mean, two and a half a day, That's enough now. <laughs> <Get> <laughs> everything away. <laughs> mm. That's yes. enough. We're watching fucking Thomas the Tank again. Anyway, so there you go. So thank you very much, Tom, for your play spotted. He did that on the Patreon page. So if you do want to become a patron and get direct access for things like that, the Facebook group, the extra episodes, etc., cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. you can um, go to patreon.com. Blush. Blood and mud. Somebody mentioned the Facebook group this week uh, about when um, clubs started touring the Eastern Bloc. Hmm. And did Tony Collins know about it? I text Tony and said, Tony, do you know anything about this? I mean, come on. He's like, you know, of course fucking Tony knows something about this. Mm -hmm. Yes. Basically, Klanethli toured Czechoslovakia and the USSR in the the 1950s. Lovely stuff. And uh, apparently the game was marred by such hideous violence, it hindered the development of the game in Russia for a number of years. This happens when you invite Klanethli people into your house, (laughs) isn't it? I said to Tony, do you know much about this, Tony? Tony says, yeah, it was part of a, get this, who knew, right? It was part of a short-lived attempt to use rugby for Cold War diplomacy. (laughs) Sending people from Finetaly to do your Cold War diplomacy. Think about that one. (laughs) Same as the Americans using table tennis with the Chinese, the Romanians toured England and Wales a couple of times in the 50s before the Foreign Office told them to pack it in. The French stepped in and became the driving force of European rugby. (laughs) I feel an episode coming on. That's that. that, that paragraph just, is not just, enough. Absolutely,
2: yeah. I need to know more.
1: Somebody says, "Was that naked cricket time at Carlingford?" Quiz. I heard it. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Facebook user. Yes. <laughs> They've got their centenary dinner at the end of September. I am not going. I can't make it that weekend. But I imagine there may be. Well, yeah. I don't even want to think about it. But um. So <laughs> shall we do some news, Josh? Yes. Fuck me. Luckily, short news this week. You yeah, go. not
2: a lot has happened. I mean, to be honest with you, there is not really a lot of news this week because everybody's just talking about the big thing that's happening on
1: Friday. People's, the news is people's opinions about the thing, isn't it? I know. <laughs> Awful.
2: Um, probably the biggest story of the day, uh, today at least anyway, uh, is that France have entered the finding out portion of the fucking around by calling up a convicted <laughs> racist to your World Cup squad. I don't know why I'm laughing, yeah. Well I mean it's ridiculous because like I'm not sure what Fabien Gartier thought was gonna happen when he called up uh Bastien Charlevard to replace Paul Will but like here he is with France X Campton it to saying that he's embarrassed by the situation, which is probably him saying it in a as polite no, ju-
1: judicial though. language, like when judges say they were not a reliable witness. That's a judge's way yeah. of saying, you know, lying bastard. Yeah.
2: If you've read uh the sort of trans, so that the kind of detailed explanation of what happened between uh Shalawa and the guy he the people several that he uh admits to beating the shit out of by the way he just uh claims that he didn't use the word uh that it's a a French slang term pejorative term for uh People of North African and Arab descent, and uh, yeah, he and he like. If you see the guys, like, there's pictures of the guy's face who used to, you know, be a professional rugby player himself. By the way, the guy who he like basically shit house, cold cocked, and knocked his teeth out um, from behind. But like, he admits to doing all that. He just says that he didn't use a racial slur. While, like, I don't want like.
1: <laughs> but he has been found guilty of using
2: he's a racial. He's spell. been found guilty of doing this in a court of law by a jury of his peers. He's just appealing that, however, superfluously or seriously we don't know. And because of that, I like, I've got sympathy for coaches sort of having a kind of like, well, until proven guilty attitude to these things. Because you don't you never know. But like Innocent until you've been found guilty and then completed your possibly entirely frivolous appeal. I don't know, man. I don't think that falls into the, well, just carry on as normal then. Mm. sort of, Certainly not when it comes to like picking somebody for their national team. Like, If you want to allow him to carry on playing rugby, and Toulouse didn't, Toulouse fucking sacked him instantly. And if you read some of the stuff around it, they sacked him instantly because this wasn't the first time that this sort of thing had happened. Around him, and it's not like he's a kid either. He was 28 when it happened, he's 30 now. Um, he was celebrating his 28th birthday as it happened on the night when he did the violence and alleged racial stuff. Um, yeah, read the report like Alan Gilpan sort of saying, like being directly asked about this and going, Oh, well, there's no room for racism in rugby. Well, demonstrably, there's room for a racist in rugby because he's. <laughs>
1: Sitting in the fucking French camp right now. You've taken a positive decision to make a choice to bring a racist. Yeah, who must bring some level of racism with them into rugby?
2: I mean, yeah, jo- yeah.
1: It it's, it's it's. I mean,
2: they've people have noticed that uh, Charlois still on Twitter follows a um, a French rapper who um, is quite notorious for uh, his, and I quote, a uh, far-right rapper known for his openly racist, sexist, phobic and transphobic lyrics. Still follows him on Twitter. Now,
1: <laughs> I don't know union, if, Josh, if... It's the world if was, union.
2: If I was up or you know, be it racially aggravated violence, I would probably make a point of unfollowing anybody that openly espouses those kind of views on social media where anyone can see it. But he hasn't even bothered to do that. That's how convinced he is that he's just going to get away with it. And carry. And to be fair, he did. So Toulouse sacked him and Montpellier instantly fucking signed him up again and allowed him to carry on playing rugby. Montpellier, who were owned by a guy who could be covered by that particular racial slur that that he directed at that chap that evening. Um, but you know, apparently nobody cares because he's a good rugby player. It's it's just fucking ridiculous, man. And so unnecessary. He's not even that good. No. Like France are just a bit desperate for locks right
1: now. Well, is mean, right there. Yeah, exactly. You at least no, he's definitely.
2: only a liability on the field.
1: <laughs> yes. You know, and just you'd rather have him throw him some elbows than doing daft shit like that, yeah.
2: Being a fucking racist piece of shit off the field. Yeah, I
1: mean, ugh, honestly. Oh, shit news. So, any in other news, speaking of bad news, mm. for an entirely different order, uh, David Watkins has died. Die Watkins. Yeah. Jill uh, Code. The kind of, in, in not in... the I'm trying to think of a way to say this, which doesn't sound terrible. The most recognition about cross-code stuff, re- more recently, particularly in the past 10 years, due to the brilliant mm-hmm. work by Tony Collins, just mentioned, and, and a few other people, mm-hmm. Um has been focusing quite rightly by the way to get on on the on the black players and, and biracial players that went north. Yeah, yeah. And because they were basically, you know, not recognized by Wales cause cause of their race. And then it was and it's and it's about time they got their due. But I think because of that, there's everyone spent years banging on about Jiffy, didn't they? And thankfully Ewok's not banging on, but people generally stop banging on about him. So but I do think in the midst of all that, then people like David Watkins have not been forgotten, but I suppose they've just gone into a bit of hibernation in his, his, his record and stuff, which is not to say that that what has happened with the black plays and the coverage should have happened. Absolutely. It should have done by the way, but this is just a timely reminder that, you know, he was one of the greatest, basically David Watkins, a, uh, from Bliner, Newport legend. Yeah, and, and one a, and of the unfashionable clubs Newport. legend as well. Yeah,
2: one of Newport's greatest ever players, probably, without any doubt. Beat the All Blacks with Newport in 63. Captain the Lions. Uh, Captain captained Great Britain, I suppose. In both he was in yeah. Captain South for the Challenge Cup final in 69. Coach GB in the World Cup final in 77. You know, uh, a man who, and somebody who... Was regarded even by rugby league in the sixties as you know being too small. <laughs> yes. and
1: yes, a very small man. Yeah,
2: yeah, tiny. He's like five foot six or something.
1: Yeah,
2: and ten stone, uh, ten stone soaking wet. Yeah, and he, you know, was a, t- a textbook example of kind of he kind of did what he did so that like more heralded cross codes players like Jiffy probably, you know, there probably wouldn't have been nearly as much interest in Jiffy in rugby league if not for yeah. Di Watkins crossing over and showing that, like, being tiny was absolutely no problem when you've got enough fucking skill and enough pace.
1: And a, and a, and a, a legend at Salford still. Indeed. You know, Salford, uh, did, 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 yeah, unfashioned, a bit like Leary, quite unfashionable club, Salford, in some ways. But... um. But yeah, legend there. Over four hundred and five appearances, scored shitloads of points. Played for Wales, captain Wales, captain mm-hmm. of the Lions, as just said. No, and he was. And then when the dust settled, ended up back at Newport in numerous different administrative positions and so on. Yeah, I was
2: chairman of the Dragons for a while. Like, yeah, got shit out in
1: the seventies by not being like on the pitch at the Arms Park because rugby league. You know, got to slip that in. Mm-hmm. Don't you? But ultimately, yeah, respected everywhere now. I think And eighty-one, good knock, good life, good career. It would seem so. What a shame, yeah. And a, and a, a timely reminder of just how good he was, really.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's a shame that we you know we only sort of think and remember these people when they pass on. But you know, when they pass on, it's it's a good time to sort of to look back and remember that the you know the huge impact that they had, and fair play mm-hmm. to.
1: Yeah, R.I.P. Die. Um, any more news from you, Josh?
2: Uh The Heineken Cup is now the Investec Champions Cup.
1: Boo, boo! This is not the QBE Cup. <laughs> <laughs> the Quilter Cup. The Quilter yeah. Cup. Ah, uh, the Quilter Old
2: Cup already exists. Of course, it's a major international. What was the
1: Welford there? Road one? That uh, Matt, they did. Oh, what did it, something? Matoli Woods. Mat- something Mattingly, on. I can't go it. Matoli Woods, yeah, the Matoli okay. Woods Cup. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh.
2: Anyway, uh yes, yeah. so obviously Heineken pulled out after God knows how many years, 30 years of being involved with...
1: Because uh, they were still, even when they started calling it the EP European Cup, Champions, they Cup, Champions Cup, they still, Cup, they were still they the were sponsor. Still, they just weren't calling were it Heineken Cup, weren't
2: they? Yeah, they were initially, they were still a spot A because they initially had these sort of classic rugby thinking it's football sort of thing. They were like, oh, we're not going to have a title sponsor because uh, we're just going to have loads of premium partners. And... uh and then the only premium partner they could actually find was was, uh, was Heineken. So after a couple of years, they just went back to calling it the Heineken Champions Cup. And then everybody just called it the Heineken Cup again. Um, but yeah, Heineken have gone, you know what? Rugby's fucking a waste of time. Let's, <laughs> let's focus our money on something more sensible. Um, and so, yeah, now it is a South African slash English investment bank investec which is much more rugby union in 2023 oh, I guess. absolutely yeah you can only get companies you've never heard of who are generally some sort of financial
1: services there. i've heard of investec but think only because they've sponsored other rugby things
2: same exactly yeah they've they were the sponsor of england's home autumn internationals for like a decade i think from the 2000s 2000s Yes, and then that was switched to the Investec Perpetual Series because I'll never forget, uh, Steve Lancaster saying, "Look, we've got the Investec Perpetuals coming up," and uh, <laughs> in a press conference, for the, and genuinely one of the worst things I've ever heard anyone say. Um, they sponsor a lot. They sponsor the Lords. They sponsor the Great Britain hockey hockey team. They sponsor like a lot of things that are quite posh. Um, to say the least. And for some reason, they were also the uh, shirt sponsor of Witness FC, the football club, not the rugby club, uh, for yeah. a couple of years, about 10 years ago, which was weird. Um, so, yes, in more alarming news, because who really cares? If it's the Investech Champions Cup, or whatever. Um, they absolutely will not rule out the idea of holding a very near final potentially 25 26 or 27 um in a silly place so instead of holding it in ireland or england or wales or, or you know bilbao or somewhere that people can actually go to um they're actively talking about the usa which would be a complete waste of fucking time <laughs> um or in what is inevitable but like I know what you're going to say now. Yeah. yeah, Saudi Arabia. They're into it. They, In the interview with the the Times, they absolutely, they would not rule out going and playing a game and playing the final in Saudi Arabia in a couple of years, which I mean. but they're, But they're trying to sugarcoat it by saying that next season they're going to try to do like an invitational final for the women, which I guess means that they're going to try and get whoever's top hmm. of the PWR, and who was at the top of the Iridun, uh in yeah. France to just play a one-off game to be the Women's Champions Cup final, and then they're going to try and get a proper tournament going uh, from the year after. Quite a lot of the women who, if they were to do that, quite a lot of the women who would be taking part in that <laughs> final, if they were to hold it in Saudi Arabia, could be you know arrested and executed for... <laughs> Living their lives, but yeah, fuck it, let's play it there. Why not? I mean, World Rugby got uh, played a bunch of fucking women's fixtures in Saudi Arabia for the World Cup. And isn't Irish their
1: headquarters world. in Dubai? Probably, yeah. The ICC's it's... in Dubai now, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think I think World Rugby's still in Dublin, which obviously I mean, oh, is
1: this? it? I must be the ICC that's...
2: I'm thinking of there. Yeah, that's I mean, that's how Ireland are the number one team in the world, obviously. Um, obviously, yeah.
1: <laughs> Any more news? No, there's no more news. just talking. Right. Well, 48 minutes in, it might now be time to actually preview the Rugby World Cup, mightn't it? I think it probably is, yeah. Reluctantly. Uh, before we start, a massive shout-out to lovely long-time listener and patron Amra Mukic, who yes. shared a bracket that she's made of, on her very own self with us. because Which is she's very helpful. She's struggling to find one, and she's emailed it to us in PDF form. Because yeah. she's lovely. So thanks, Amra. Thanks very much Preach. indeed for do- indeed. for everything. For this most recently, but for everything else as well. So thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So that's coming very handy. I can share it as a picture if people want it, I guess. Indeed, yeah. So I guess it's group by group and then try and walk through the bracket, is it, to see where we end up? I think it is, yeah. Do you just want to go in group order? Do, you want to, do we want yeah. to uh, mix it starting up? starting all A then. Group A... Which, in case you need reminding, is Australia, is New Zealand, isn't Australia, yeah. New Zealand, <laughs> France, Italy, Uruguay, and uh, Namibia. Uh, yep. So I don't mean to be rude and start not talking about lots of teams, mm. but surely um, we're only talking about the top two and it could be decided on the first day.
2: Yeah. I mean, for like Namibia, they've six straight World Cups now and they've not won a game. You know, Uruguay haven't won, ever, haven't won a game since 1999. Italy, look for all of their progress. They're not going to beat France or the All Blacks. I think they can give France a go. They know them well enough that they could probably make a game uncomfortable for them. Well,
1: they did but... six months ago, didn't they?
2: Exactly. I don't know if they can in the, the in a World Cup situation. I don't think and they he, can either, but
1: yeah.
2: No, and New Zealand, I mean, the best losing margin for Italy against New Zealand is 14 points, and that was back into... I think if they can get within that again, that would consider... That would probably be a successful World Cup, you know? If they can... I mean, I know technically they drew with New Zealand last time, but that doesn't really count, because it was hurricane-affected. Um, yeah, and so it... it it's going to be France and New Zealand out of this pool unless something genuinely epoch-defining happens in the group stages. <laughs> and it's not um, feeling
1: that way, is it?
2: No, it isn't. France's second row is a concern now, and not just because Bastien Charlois is a racist piece of shit, but like because Paul Valencia he was so important for what France do when they're really cooking.
1: And it, they've been notably not as good when he's been injured, haven't they? Exactly. There, has a, there has been a heft problem.
2: And I guess they're probably looking at like there's there's a lot of talk of like he will be ready by like the latter stages of the tournament, and they just don't want him to sort of. He'll you know, basically he's on the reserve list still. He just needs some more time to get himself fit. And look, if France can get Paul Lancer back by the quarterfinals, that will be a huge boost. But. And they can get, and obviously, they can get out of this group with Actim because they're going to, you know, even if they lose to New Zealand, they'll still get out of the group. Yes. And for New Zealand, it's like, which team are you actually? Are you the one that was undefeated all year, or are you the team that we saw at Twickenham a few weeks ago? Or are you a bit of both? I, I, if I was a Kiwi fan, my worry would be that we are a bit of both. That like when everything's going well, we're humming like a sort of well-oiled machine. But the second that things start going against us, the wheels come off, quick sharp.
1: Uh, Bowden Barrett's being rested this week as well, isn't he? I've read that mm. somewhere. The, the, I mean, the, you know, I'm sure he'll be fine. I think they'll just—it's just a precautionary thing. The um. I, I, I suppose the question for, for me really, well, for us really, is who wins that game on Friday. It's, it's as simple as that, really, isn't it? Yeah. To, to, then, to then to then decide. Who, and and I'll tell you play. what, this half of the draw gets gets saucy very yeah. very quickly. So, very quickly. You know. So in a way, it's almost it. it, it in some ways, it barely matters where well, they finish. The
2: it's a question of likely Ireland getting France or New Zealand in the quarterfinals. And if you're Irish, you've just got to think for fuck's sake on all of those accounts. Um, but yeah, it's my money is still probably just
1: a, a sliver on France, maybe. That's where I was. I've got France finishing top because I think they will be... Yeah, I mean, can you imagine what it's going to be like Friday night? Yeah. And exactly. I know people say, "Oh, the French crowd could turn against them." I don't think they're going to. No, it's going to be all fucking.
2: I think they've got a different. They've got this. The French probably have got a different relationship with this French team than previous generations of French team have had, and they love them. <laughs> and I don't. Even if they they lose on on Friday night, I don't think there's any danger of that team not still pulling for them to go all the fucking mm. way.
1: Yes, yeah, so, and 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 not to be as we said, not to be too awful about the other teams, but you know, Uruguay and Namibia might be. I well, uh, think Uruguay, know, Uruguay,
2: Uruguay, Uruguay need a, Uruguay need a win more than like qualifying as American. America's won this time around; they've actually got a team below them in terms of world rankings and, in yeah. terms of like, and they haven't won a game since nineteen ninety nine when they beat Spain. So, like, yeah. Uh, they beat, and they, and they...
1: they beat Fiji in 2019. Oh,
2: of course they did, so, yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> but, like, but yeah, your point still stands. That was, yeah. yeah
2: it's, a, it's... They, they, it's a much easier route to a win this time. And like that Namibia team, they played them in a World Cup warm-up in August and won comfortably. Yeah. So it's a chance for them to... And, you know, depending on how Italy go, I think they're two, a much better team than them, but you never know with Italy. They, they can just sometimes fucking fall apart. And... You know, oh. if Uruguay could sneak a win against it to the beat Namibia, they're qualified automatically next time. So, who knows? Frankly, but uh, yeah, Namibia—they just need to. They're just—they're just there to make up the numbers. Let's yes. be honest.
1: Mm-hmm. God love them. So that that leaves to so that's France topping Group A with New Zealand in yeah. second, and we both broadly agree on that one. Yes. Yeah. So that means that France went to quarterfinal one, and. Mm-hmm. New Zealand going to quarter-final two, two to play yeah. what comes out of this next group, which is Group B. Now, Group B is the South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Tonga and Romania.
2: Three and two don't go.
1: They do not. They do not.
2: And, you know, obviously this is a, a shit fit, like a shit group for the three teams involved. Let's not pretend, uh, like we said last week, we are bored of talking about the draw. Like, let's not pretend <laughs> this hasn't happened before. Like 2015, England, Wales and Australia were all in the same pool together. and Nobody kicked off nearly as much as fucking Scotland, Ireland fans have whinged about this
1: 2003, shit. England got a reasonable half of the draw. Yeah. I remember saying in 2003, this, we were saying, you think England will win it? I said, I think they will absolutely get to the final. And there's no excuses yeah. if they don't. Yeah. And But then when you get to a final against one of the teams from the other half of the draw, you just don't know, do you? But fingers crossed. And I get the feeling that's... It's difficult because that's... that's I would think that's the way that Ireland and South Africa are both looking at this. Mm. But it yeah. can't happen. <laughs> so, so no, indeed. Can't, it can't happen for both of them. So,
2: No, indeed. And, uh, you know, like... What was it? Twenty eleven. It was England, Argentina, Scotland—all in the same pool. Like every single World Cup, there is a pool where it's a bit shit, and just fucking roll with it, man. Like one way or another, a good team is going to go home in the group stages because literally every World Cup, that's what happens. One yeah. way or another, you know.
1: And I feel for Scotland. It has to be said
2: because. Me too.
1: If I'm talking like the it it's not impossible that they could do something. Scott, no, it's not, it, it isn't. It's, it's possible that they could do something. I just don't think it's probable that they're going to do something against this island team and the way South Africa are hitting their straps. Yeah, you know, they're hitting their straps the way that they're hitting massive lump hammers into giant pieces of iron, <laughs> if that's the thing, but yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I just I think for Scotland this sort of just like is this the end of an era or is this the start of a new one sort of thing because a lot of players in this group now are sort of at or near their peaks, and this it's unfortunate for them that they are peaking at a tournament where they even if they peak they should they could easily go home with the group stages. But what I think is massively important is that if they do go home early. It has to be on the back of performances against Ireland and South Africa that show that, like, actually we are probably capable of maybe winning the Six Nations and fulfilling some of our potential now. This isn't just brave Scotland again. This is actually no Scotland, fought tooth and nail to the bitter fucking end. And I think they can do it, and I think they will do it. It's a case of how they respond to that first game and how how it goes. In terms of everything and how they respond if it
1: if they ultimately lose. Yeah, because they're they're hanging around a bit, aren't they? Scotland. <laughs> yeah. They don't actually play their first game for another week. Oh no, Sunday. My apologies. Yeah. I'm getting myself mixed up. <clears throat> I'm getting mixed up as yeah. much the big games are this weekend. No, no, they play on Sunday, don't they? Yeah, they do. Oh, it's a good day In, to watch oh, rugby on Sunday, it really is. Isn't it? But just... the, um, the, um, the, the I think with Scotland, I think to, to say that they can you know, brave this a bit, I, I think they're going to play very well. Me too. I just don't think they'll have enough to get out of that group. No. Even playing very well, because they have been playing very well. There's no reason why I believe they won't play well. They just probably won't have enough to get out of the group. The only thing I can say is that South Africa... This is going to sound stupid, right? I think that was a weird game against New Zealand, and it was a warm up. Me too. I've still got the wor- I've still got the worries that I said before. Oh, I've,
2: I've got them big big. Because they're not. If they're guys. not
1: going to be monstering everybody, they've still got a flaky outside half. They've still got something of a transitional back line. Yeah. You know? Well, I so- think
2: is it is this is too competitive a pool. I think to think you can play eight man rugby. I'm just win like games against Ireland and Scotland. I've
1: never like, rated Jesse Creel much, and if he's going to be there, thirteen. If Am's not fit,
2: see, I I don't rate Jesse Creel, but I rate him as a defender, and I think that's probably the most important thing that South Africa could have as a like when you look at their the respective back lines they're going up against, having somebody who's incredibly athletic and quick and good in the 13 channels, sort of shutting the door on attacks, the, the, the exact sort of transitional attacks that Ireland do so well and that Scotland do so well, he could be massively... He could be, end up being South Africa's player of the tournament, or he could not. <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> but
1: Man- i know no other so, option.
2: <laughs> yeah, Manny <laughs> Libber could end up being the sort of guy that guides South Africa to a World Cup final. However, I just don't...
1: Nothing in just, this world does, convinces me he's a tournament standout. Does it's
2: not, perfect. yeah, and that is still the thing. It's like if you cannot do what South Africa did to New Zealand in terms of giving them, you know, just constant penalties for constant lineouts for constant catching, you know, I don't know. Like, obviously, when South Africa get into that sort of kind of perpetual motion thing, nobody can live with them. But how easy are Scotland and Ireland going to make that? I don't know if they are going to make it nearly as easy as as as, yeah, as New Zealand did. I mean, fucking hell, Wales didn't make it as easy as New Zealand did. So, uh,
1: what Do you reckon there's going to be a scene in their behind-the-scenes Rugby World Cup documentary after this year where they do, like they did to that Irish goalkeeper in <laughs> escape to victory to get Sylvester Stallone in goal? they make make him put his arm across like some slats of a bunk bed while Michael Caine stamps on his arm you know, make it a clean break will you You (laughs) Colby because we're going to get Pollard back in make it a clean break
2: well I mean, you you look at that current squad and you just think like you know, if I was Cobus Reinhardt right now I would be looking behind me whenever I walk down
1: a flight of stairs
2: (laughs) Just on the off chance, you know,
1: <laughs> there isn't somebody who's on their hands and knees like, for to be pushed. Yeah. It's
2: like it's like you're the fourth, you're the fourth scrum half in the squad. Something here doesn't make sense.
1: Yes, so um, yeah, so we'll see what happens on that score. See, I've flip flopped around this all day. So I mean, I think, as I say, I think Scotland are going to play well. They're just not quite going to have enough. But I would not be completely surprised if they somehow squeak into second well either onward end all, up in second all it takes is for
2: one of these two sort of like teams who if everything goes well they're basically unplayable and either of them could and, and will win the world cup it, equally both of them it will not take a lot for things to start going incredibly wrong Incredibly quickly, you know, Ireland. How much fit is Johnny Sexton? How much of the ring rust that we saw in the last couple of weeks was just them trying not to get injured? And it's an old squad, that Ireland squad. There's a lot of fucking veteran campaigners, but there's a lot of long in the tooth players. Are they?
1: I'm reading, (sighs) um, I'm reading Jonathan Wilson's book about Brian Clough at the minute, and there's a point Mm. to this, I promise. (laughs) And he talks about. Nottingham Forest won two European Cups in mm-hmm. 1980 and 81. And nobody expected them to do it, but they were a good team. And then in 81, it all fell off a cliff very quickly. Squad mm. broke up. But Jonathan Wilson says in the book, and it's a really important, I never thought about it this way before. He says that victory, people always assume it's the beginning of something.
0: When actually, yeah.
1: more often than not, it isn't. It's actually the end of something. And I think the, you look at England 2003, that was very much the end of something and the beginning of something entirely more shit for a very long time. <laughs> and you could probably draw a line with all these kind of ones. And I think in a way that's, that sounds like I'm being, that's a negative point I'm making. I'm not, it's actually a positive point because I think, to pick up on your point, I think this Ireland team are absolutely primed to win this and yes. it ought to fall away because they're just too old. Now, what it falls away into, I'm not saying it's going to be a disaster. What I'm going to say no. is it will be the end of something. Yeah, and I think that's works. what's going from. They've they've won everything as an as a national team in the past year and a half. Yeah. They've got experience in the squad of winning things domestically. Munster have won this year, obviously. Uh have got a consistent thing of winning until they really until they play La Rochelle. Mm. Um, But you know what I'm saying? That There's enough age, experience, ability, mixture of skill for them to actually be perfectly positioned to be just, to be the right age to win it, but then not really do much else.
2: Yeah, and that is, you know, that is All Blacks in 2015, you know? Right. Obviously, they won in 2011 as well, but like that particular All Blacks team had spent the preceding four years basically rewriting the rule book in terms of, you know, how dominant a rugby team could be. And then within, you know, six months, they were losing to Ireland. And then, well, within a year, they were losing to Ireland. Within two years, they were drawing a series with the Lions. And things have kind of progressively kind of become, uh, you know, to a given value of yes, like yes,
1: it's worse. A, it's and on worse a relative ever. measure. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: worse and worse over the you know following four or five years until you know, well, eight years really, I suppose, and since until we get to now, where kind of New Zealand is starting to come back up, but like their stock is you know as low as it has ever been at a Rugby World Cup, really, maybe two thousand and three, but like it's close, and. Yeah, I don't think it's 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 there's not, nothing wrong in sort of admitting the fact that the island team that takes the field in the Six Nations in in six months' time is going to be dramatically different to the one that will step out onto the field in France in a couple of weeks' time. You know, there are a lot of players who will probably retire at the end of this tournament, or at least will kind of be past... And the very least, will probably be past their best and it's going to be a team in transition. It's going to take some time to, there's an awful lot of good young players in Ireland, but if they were that good, they probably would have ousted some of the state, you know, the veteran stages by now. So it will be a period of finding out who is actually good and who isn't. But like South Africa, weirdly don't feel, I feel like they've done a little bit of that. There's not, there's a lot of the 2019 team is still here, but there's also quite a lot of young lads there. Whereas, yeah, it, it's, but I do think that like South Africa kind of, you know, in not having Andre Pollard and not having on there and not having sort of players like Faf Clerk being in the very, you know, Faf is probably yeah. in the
1: tail end of his career now. It's... I mean, yeah, because he could be infuriating in the best and worst ways in his absolute prime, couldn't he? You know yeah. he's always well, yeah, he's, he's one
2: of the best scrum-offs in the world if not the best scrum off in the world in his prime
1: but he could have a consistency problem yeah as well he could he, he could he could technically frustrate mm. if you're if you're wanting him to do certain things consistently always in a way at his best it didn't matter but when you put him together with libok and like you said he's a few years older it becomes a different proposition doesn't it
2: yeah and so it's like They both so I see both those teams as having flaws Mm. that could potentially open the door for Scotland to get through. Like I don't think it'll happen because it would have to happen in more than one game. And I can't see either of these teams having more than one bad game, you know? And but from a Scotland perspective, like you know, they need to be they're primed (laughs) there is no other sort of like Third place or prospective third place team better primed to kind of upset what is likely to happen than Scotland in the
1: oh indeed yeah that I agree with you know
2: maybe we'll talk about Pool C in a minute maybe then but then I just think that's because everybody's a bit shit um, yeah <laughs> yeah
1: so, I mean yeah so we have to come you know, to a point at which we have to make a decision about who's finished yeah. the top of the group don't we.
2: Yeah, and I think it's Ireland, personally. I think Ireland are a team I trust... Provided that everyone stays fit, Ireland are a team I trust more than I trust a Manny Libuk-controlled South Africa. Even though I still think they'll have enough to get through, I think that Ireland with Sexton at 10 are a more complete team and a more sort of... A more adaptable team to anything that will happen in front of them. Whereas South Africa kind I'm, of are uh, really depending a lot on Manny Lubbock being sensible at times. And I don't know if that's a good idea.
1: Imagine if Scott, I mean, because it's going to, this could get interesting early in this pool. If Scotland do something against South Africa on Sunday, which is not out like of the question, it blows the whole fucking thing. I mean, let's be honest, it's to be honest, the draw exciting. is a bit of a nightmare, right? In terms of yeah. balance, but it's yeah. not a bit of a nightmare in terms of. Now the fucking tournament. Hashtag going. narrative. This, yeah, this yeah. half of the draw is fucking mega, by the way, in terms yeah. of the way it's going to go. But yeah. so yeah, so I I tend to agree with you. I think so. That would mean that assuming you know, let's say Scotland aren't going to do it. So that will give a quarter final of France versus South Africa, and Ireland versus New Zealand by my my reckoning. Yeah, we haven't
2: so we'll said We'll talk about in that in a minute. minute. Yeah, we haven't said anything about Tonga or Romania, obviously. No, we
1: haven't. Sorry. I mean, I'll be honest. I am not. Squidgy, you guy, if you want to be up on Romania. I'm not. (laughs) I'll be honest.
2: Well, Romania have looked real bad in the warm-ups. And Tonga... Tonga just need to show us that the Moana thing and the residency rules are having a positive impact, and that means beating Romania...
1: Making, I mean, Samoa uh, showed that you could put the shit. Yeah, exactly. With a bit of, with a bit of boom, boom, and a bit of skill to go with it, you know.
2: And that's the thing; they need to make. They also need to make life uncomfortable for the other, the three big teams in this group for at least a significant portion of the games to show that it's, it's worthwhile with them. But they should beat Romania. Romania have
1: looked, oh yeah, real
2: bispo. um They probably they're the team that has looked the least suited to going into a Rugby World Cup from what I've seen of them in the warm-ups. They got absolutely fucking humped by Italy a few weeks ago and that. So, yeah.
1: So. Yes. That's that half of the draw. Ireland, South Africa. We've avoided talking about Group C for long enough now.
2: Can I just say France, South Africa, Ireland, New Zealand as quarter-finals.
1: I don't fuck. It. As it's I said, just... it gets real, real saucy, real quick. That half of the draw. it's just like the the level of you know one of
2: or well, two of France, South Africa, Ireland, and New Zealand are going home after the quarterfinals. Yep, and the the level of piss boil that the various fa- any of those fan bases will have. If they are the team that goes out, it's it's just going to, the the stench that it's going to leave across the entire (laughs) tournament is really exciting.
1: It'll just be a miasma of urine. Yep. A a urine steam all around the tournament (laughs) from the fan base.
2: A yellow cloud just hovering (laughs) over France. Glorious. (laughs)
1: Or even better than that, imagine if Scotland somehow fucks South Africa out of that group or something. Well, this that, is the other thing.
2: That, Scotland... that'd,
1: that'd just be a conspiracy. There'd Scotland... be if three Scotland weeks get... of conspiracy theories on Twitter, wouldn't yeah. they? If Scotland
2: ace. can somehow get one of Ireland or South Africa out in the group stages, I mean
1: come on. Come on. Best World Cup. One, ever. I'd be mega pleased for them and my friends <laughs> our friends and yeah. our Scotland fans. But two, real, real funny. <laughs> real funny. Speaking is of it. real funny, should we talk about <laughs> Group C? Group C. So lest we forget, this is Wales, Australia, Fiji, Georgia, and Portugal. Mm. I, I okay. Do you want first get? Well, Wales play Fiji on Sunday. So this could become a yes. lot clearer very quickly, couldn't it? It could and it couldn't because I think there is the the question that Mark that
2: hangs over Fiji and I don't want to sort of seem like I'm being condescending or anything but it's Mm. like how do Fiji cope with being favorites both at the weekend and if they you know as expected beat Wales at the weekend the expectation that they will top the group at that point will be very high People like and Fiji are not a team that you know they're used to it in the sevens. Obviously, the expectation of winning, but Mm. like for a fifteens perspective, like they are not a team that has had to string together like four wins on the bench (laughs) to get. You know, there's never been that expectation with them. Whereas you know, this time there's a perfectly reasonable expectation that they will win three out of four, or maybe even four out of four of those games.
1: And it's... Based on talent, yeah. Based on the the vibes I've been getting off Ryo and Louis when he's been interviewed, and based off what what we know of their prep, mm. they're in the best possible position to do exactly that.
2: Absolutely, and yeah. I
1: imagine that's what they're expecting. And they absolutely can go very deep into this tournament in this half of the draw. Yeah, you look at the draw, and there's no reason why they can't be semi finalists. I mean, let's not let let's we forget. Semir and Dranda's not playing very well. No. He's not playing very well. And yet he but still managed point. to be a kind of part. And you know, Willie, he, if he suddenly hits form,
0: yeah.
1: um, the specimen that he is on top of everybody else, then that 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 could be another thing that comes in from going up another level. In terms of this yeah. group, however, I would imagine they're probably just trying to, oh, you know, the horrible take it one game at a time. But I do think they will be just trying to go on one game. I think if they I would imagine they're not thinking we've got to win five games on the bounce because, in a way, that's not many, but it's also scary. Do you know what I mean? So... No, they're not.
2: But it, when you look at, when you think about what happened with Fiji last time, where they, you know, they probably should have beaten Australia. They gave Wales mm. a fucking serious examination, and then they lost to Uruguay. And
1: they and really th- could not give a fuck in that Uruguay game. And I'm not taking not... anything away from Uruguay. No, no, they were full of it, but Fiji were not. They were they were one eighth asked. They weren't even half arsed when you watched them.
2: And this, but this is the thing: is like, can you maintain that level of mental focus when you're not used to it traditionally, like for four games? I don't know.
1: I don't think that. That's the thing they don't even know. They've never. Like, I think this... we should be clear: we're not talking about temperament here. This is not no. that trope. This is just simply. You've
2: not a team that
1: normally doesn't have expectations. It could be any team. It could be yeah. Italy suddenly bolting it be, it out of nowhere. It could be, or, be Scotland. Or, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yes. And, and, yeah. and it is a big
2: part of Scotland, you know, a big part of the reason why Scotland haven't won anything is that like as soon as expectations get put on, there's a little bit of a sort of "oh, hang on, we're only really comfortable being the underdogs here. And it tends to sort of the wheels come off a little bit, you know. The classic Scottish hype train. G love sketch it exists for a reason, and ha- the the Fiji hype train is a different. <laughs> Fuck me, the level of pressure that those lads must feel in terms of like carrying the expectations of an entire nation on your shoulders—they
1: have done it, though, haven't they, in the Olympics. I think they've you
2: know? done it at the Olympics, but it's Fiji are always good at the Olympics. Fiji are used to being good at the Olympics. Fifteens is a very different. Ment, it's. I know what you say. It's a very different mental headspace for them to get into for the 15-a-side game, where they're used to being written off and then shocking people, which is kind of the history of Fijian rugby, is kind of nobody gave them a chance and then they, they turned around and won a thing. Well, everyone's giving them a chance now. They're, you know, Bucky's favourites to win the pool. What is, how, how does that cope over not just the games against Wales and Australia, but the game against Georgia, which is going to be a, di- a very different kind of challenge for them and even the game against Portugal, which could be probably genuinely, I think Fiji Portugal might be the best game in the tournament. <laughs> because, <laughs> like Portugal are bags of fun, yes. and Fiji are obviously bags. I feel like we could have like a, a truly a, a, like Olympic class fun off, and I'm very excited.
1: I mean, whisper it, but every team in this in the, in this group's got something. I know you won't believe this of your own team, but I've got something to recommend them. In terms of at least getting out, of his not pushing. Well, this is the thing. Like
0: but,
1: you, know. Uh, you know, Wales has been doing a
2: lot of talking about how together they are and how much everyone's writing them off. And like Gatland has historically excelled when he's able to get a proper sort of high-level siege mentality going. With, well, I would be
1: surprised if they, they top this group. And in some ways, I'm I not would, saying that, that I think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be no, like, oh my God, I'm shocked I will be, if it happens. I will be equally unshocked if
2: Wales top the group as I would be if Wales <laughs> come third or fourth and don't make the locker stages at all. Like, <laughs> that is that it's, the vibe, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
2: I'm like, <laughs> genuinely like this is, this is, by some distance, the worst and probably least coherent team that Warren Gatlin's ever taken to a World Cup, and that includes the 2015 fucking injury mess. Like they're obviously a worse team than Fiji right now. They're probably a worse team than Australia, but can Gatland build in the mentality to sort of just? Gatland teams are always have traditionally always been hard to beat, and if he can make it so that every single team they play basically has an eighty-minute nightmare, which is what which is what Wales were great at in twenty nineteen, and that's why. Wales won the Six Nations in the Grand Slam in 2019, and why they, you know, came within a kick of the final one, one kick were, away. Yeah. yeah, they were they were an absolutely horrible team to play against. I don't think I don't think he can d- replicate that in a couple of months. But like, yeah, given that the, the level of competition is significantly lower this time in the pool stages, like if he can just make it so that Fiji, Australia, Portugal, and Georgia. Have genuinely horrible times for every single minute of that game. One way or another, then, <laughs> then they, yeah, they can win the group. They could, they could go, they could top it. They could certainly get out of it.
1: I think. Oh yeah, I, I game... imagine, I imagine watching Wales this tournament is going to be like you know going to a a very challenging modern prom. Well, you
2: remember that first game against England and the second game against England. Like obviously, England played a part in that, but a big part of that was just Wales want to bring you down to their level, and that level is you having a horrible time <laughs> and not being able to do anything that you want to do because it's just awful. I'm not, I'm unconvinced as to whether Wales can actually do that over 80 minutes against a decent team. Um, but it you never know equally. They could lose against Fiji, and the heads could fucking go, and we could be in for an all-time qualifying for fucking twenty twenty-seven level mess. Um,
1: yeah, because you got to get third, haven't you? To, like, to
2: get yeah, the exactly. Yeah. And and if if Wales's heads go after the Fiji game, it's a, and the confidence. One thing I will say is that they don't like they don't seem to have been particularly affected by getting humped by South Africa like, it doesn't seem to have, like, nobody seemed that bothered after the game, you know? It wasn't, like, shell-shocked. In the way that the All Blacks looked genuinely shell-shocked when they walked off the field. Well,
1: Wales can genuinely say, this team's a fucking joke, mate. Even, our squad isn't great anyway, but this team we've put out is, like, the joke of the joke of the squad we've got. Do you know what I mean? It's like... uh, So, I, I think, even if they lose to Fiji, if they
2: can keep that, sort of, mentality going, well... Fucking Australia, Georgia. You know they can lose to Fiji and still get out of the pool, and they might get England in the quarterfinal. They might get England in the quarterfinal as a result, and God, they'd love that. But um, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting one for Wales because it's it's just really hard to know whether Aust- how bad Australia are at this point.
1: I have been wrestling with this for a while now. Yeah, because they were quite comprehensively done by France last week and have been quite comprehensively done by most people all summer, apart from that weird new that Zealand weird game.
2: game. Yeah, well, um, to, be fair, to be fair, they were playing a second string, but
1: it does still make you go, eh. and I th- reflected on that France game the other week. I don't think it was demonstrably horrible as maybe the score suggested. No. And Carter Gordon looks okay. And they've got some decent stuff in there. I just... um, It's probably a little bit too early for them. I don't think they're consistent enough. And I don't think... I'm not sure they're going to deal with... I think Wales are going to squeeze them. And I think will and, and I think they're not going to deal very well with being frustrated. Yeah, and I think that Fiji are just a bit of a better team than them right now. Got with all the caveats you've already raised.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. know. they are a much better team.
1: I suppose the only the only team I'm looking at and thinking I definitely think are not going out of this group is Fiji, but I can't work out if I'm just being swept along with. No, and I think the vibe, it, yeah. you know. Or whether, but actually, what I've seen, they just look like an extremely competent rugby team. And I don't think you can take away from Fiji, I'm back on now. You can't mm. take away from what a difference something like Caleb Munts is making. Because vola yeah, vola was true. shambles. I don't give a oh, shit absolutely. how talented he was. Absolute shambles, that bloke. Um, whereas the, the, the halfback pairings is just, you know, they're just a very, very good side and um, makes them a better side. And so was, I just cause... think that's the diff- that's why I'm more confident about it. Because like you I know, you can ways- talk. If your forwards if you are all right, and your halfbacks are not insane. You mm. tend to win games.
2: I'm not, but that's what I got. I I'm slightly thinking like everybody's like, "Oh, Eddie's picking," you know, pick this squad with the sense of 2025 and 2027. You know, with more than anything, you know, he's not expected to do anything for now. That man is obsessed with the Rugby World Cup. That man, he, he has picked that squad because he thinks that it was the one that is going to give him the best opportunity to thumb his fucking nose at a few people, particularly England. And I just, I don't know. I just think like that pack looks fine. And in some cases is very good. And their backs look solid if lacking a bit of experience and control. And I just think like you put that Australia team against the Fiji team who are sort of, They've probably got better halfbacks and better backs, but I would fancy Australia's forwards over Fiji's forwards. And I don't know. See, I, I, would, I, I would have
1: thought that until I saw Fiji scrum against England. You
2: know? Yeah. I genuinely don't know if England, there's any measure or anybody to be talking about at the moment. The <laughs> they should. Be.
1: I mean, yeah, okay. This is. A, this I mean, to be I... fair, this is the thing people don't wish. You know, Genji's a bit underpowered, isn't he, in the scrum? People don't want to talk about that, but. That's no,
2: he's true. not a good. He's not a good technician <laughs> in that regard, yeah. and he's not a good technical scrummager. That's why Joe Marlowe keeps getting picked. But like, I don't know. This is why I think Wales could win the group. Or Wales could go out the group stages because I just think like Australia could also, fail, you know, go out in the groups. They don't need to worry about failing to qualify for 2027 because they could they qualified automatically anyway. So because they're hosting. So. Like Australia could also go out in the group stages, or could win the group. And Fiji, like Fiji, as you say, Fiji are the one team that I'm almost certain they're going to come no worse than second. But Wales and Australia could get finish it. Both could out finish anywhere between first and third, and I wouldn't be surprised.
1: And Georgia no mugs either. We kind of ignore Georgia.
2: Yeah, can like they've beaten Wales in the last twelve months. You would imagine hey, well, up on that,
1: Scotland at halftime until Scotland went berserk in the second half.
2: Yeah, you imagine that Gatland won't let what happened twelve months ago happen again, which was a, a, a comical collapse of the most pyvaki of styles. <laughs> However, and you would imagine that Australia and Fiji would be able to rugby them off the park. But like, obviously, it's lovely and sunny now. If the weather turns to shit in France in a couple of weeks and it's fucking hosing it down. And it's a very set piece forwards orientated game. I know Georgia can play every, like, Georgia can do it all now. But yes. if you give, but if you give Georgia a rainy fucking Saturday evening in France where they're all used to fucking playing anyway,
1: but well, you give that to Fiji and they beat England now. So, <laughs> <It's true. laughs>
2: again, we can't judge anybody no. by how they play. <laughs> Even Wales looks good against England at times. <laughs> Um, and then you got Portugal. who They should just be glad to be here, but I reckon they fancy themselves. Like I reckon they could, if they hit Australia or Wales on a bad day, they could beat them. They could beat Georgia if they hit them on a bad day. Like I there's no expectations I don't at what you're all. Saying, yeah, but yeah. But they they got a 2019 Euro vibe.
1: That's, g- that's got a shitting yourself after 30 minutes, but ultimately beating them vibe for anybody who plays them. I think there might be some of that happening. But probably I, I...
2: Like, you would imagine that there is a. a, a there's hopefully too wide a talent gap between Tier One teams like yeah. Wales and fucking Australia and Portugal, and yet, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it could be. We'd all love to know. see it. It's if, not going to happen. If, is my if view, Fiji, if Fiji, if Fiji were if Fiji win their first three games and are qualified, like you know, there is they that could, they You've could put, put their kids, they yeah. could put their kids out in the last they game. They
1: could put a business lose. decisions fifteen out,
2: yeah, and. So who knows, man? It's it's the least obviously pickable group, I think, and not necessarily not in a sort of like fun pool B kind of way. Just in a someone's got to win this.
1: Yeah, who's going to be the least shit out of this? Yeah. sort of thing. It which looks is, like we the... sounds like a terrible thing to say about Fiji particularly, because they are not shit at all, by the way. But uh... yeah. I think what I will say is every team... Adam Brennan says he
2: thinks thinks Wales beat Australia, Australia beat Fiji and Fiji beat Wales. I could absolutely see that. Yeah. And then it comes down to bonus points.
1: I think that Fiji are the only team in this that don't have an obvious fundamental flaw. No, I agree with you. All the others do. Yeah. In some way or another. I think that's why. So let's get down to I've said, "Fuck it, Fiji finishing top and double fuck yep. it, Wales are finishing second and Australia are going home."
2: See, I think Australia are going to pip Wales because I just, I don't know. I think I just I'm just, don't... I think I'm just wishing for a kind of whole redemption arc. It could, arc thing it here, could but... be either. It could be either. Like I could see either Wales or Australia coming second. I think Fiji will win the group though.
1: Yes. So that's group C. Well, we agree mm. that Fiji will win the group. We've got different views yeah. of the Wales. Our Wales or Argentina to come. Argentina, Australia to come second. I'm already on to group D. That's a yeah, nice segue, isn't it? Group D, we've talked about this a lot. we England, D Japan,
2: basically
1: Argentina, Samoa, and Chile.
2: The only team worth getting excited about in this fucking group
1: is Chile. Awesome. i will
2: be quite excited Maybe. About but like obviously Chile is such an unlikely rootable story. And like oh, why yeah. not why not also give one of the big teams in this
1: group the worst moment of their fucking professional lives? Like I mean I mean the, the last two World Cups at least have given us a consistent there's one of you gonna get fucked by somebody. Yeah. So Let's let still, it be yeah. let it be please. Please.
2: There's gonna be an upset. Let it be chilly beating England. That's <laughs>
1: that's all I want. So Imagine don't England care what well. without a single win. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be so well, awful, but yet so well, hilarious in so many ways.
2: Well, I mean, it would really test the whole leaking, you know, the RFU leaking that Bothwick is unsackable thing. <laughs> okay, oh oh
1: and four. Let's see how it, see if he can survive that. You talk about Eddie Jones before he's he's. I mean, in many ways, he's the reverse Borthwick, isn't he? But he's actually the reverse Borthwick, because he's basically gone, this entire squad can fuck off, and I'm bringing in yeah. all this lot, and it's mad. <laughs> Whereas Borthwick's like, ooh, I'll, what, I'll bring in, what, Freddie Stewart? Or is he? No, he's already in Freddie Stewart, wasn't he? Who's he brought in, Borthwick? Uh, Dan Cole. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Ollie Chester's a bit more prominent, isn't he? But it's Dan Cole, basically. But of course you forget, you see, that even with a new squad and all the madness, the EPS rules still apply, don't they? Yeah. So you're I'm sure he could have, no, given he's unsackable, no, I'm sure he could have said, look... No, he luck absolutely
2: could have picked whoever he wanted for the World Cup squad. There was no EPS requirements for that. Right, okay. New right. EPSs. However, he chose to basically pick all the same people.
1: I mean, there's nobody obvious to bring in, I'll be honest. That's this the other the thing. Problem. Whisper yeah. it, you know. But um, anyway...
2: Pierce Francis just sitting in Bath, and just wondering <laughs> what the fuck is he's done
1: in the what last four do I need years. to do, yes, please. Right, so England then. England, anything else? I mean, we've we've wrung we've wrung the dish, the dirty dishwater out of the dirty dish <laughs> rag that is England so much for the past few weeks. I don't know what else to say, really, I other think... than the hilarious japes that are coming out of the fucking. They can't.
2: Camp. They can't even do like sort of. There's no
1: way that's inspiring anybody. Ground. No way.
2: Force training ground bat like hijinks. They can't even do that convincingly. they even. It's not even they can't do it convincingly because nobody does force training ground fucking bats convincingly. But it's they like they can't even do it they, ironically. Well, they can't even do it with like a scent without a sense of sort of like. Deep ennui about the entire fucking vibe. Like, <laughs> I like what they do in the next month. Obviously, ball like,
1: is unsackable. Everything they do is like a fucking review show called Malays, basically. It really is. <laughs> gentlemen, please oh, welcome yeah. the Malays dancers.
2: Stuff, <laughs> <laughs> <duffling laughs> incoherently. Duffling
1: on. One of them falls into the front row. I'm terribly sorry. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But what this England team doing in the next month, right, will go a long way to determining the next, like, four years of English rugby. Because. Well,
1: half this squad will be gone. They're all about. That's the other thing. Not only the shit, they're about 182 years old.
2: This is the end of of the road. We didn't talk about this in Wales. You know, this is the end of the road for a lot of. It's the end of the road for less Wales players, but it's the end of the road for a lot of England players, this World Cup. And genuinely. If England can sort of get themselves together enough to make it to the quarters, there's a a hope that he might be able to pull this team back together for the Six Nations and over the next couple of years. If they don't, and they go out in the group stages, which is absolutely no longer not a joke. It absolutely could happen. Like you're talking Martin Johnson part two.
1: It happened in England's own World Cup. Yeah. With a, half, with, a with, that... with, with a half of this team when they were full of piss and vinegar.
0: It was one
2: of the Six Nations like six months previously.
1: Yeah. You know, it's... It's... Stranger things have happened. <laughs> yeah.
2: Indeed. I so still playing don't...
1: Argentina Saturday. Yeah. Again, I don't know whether that'll just be like a kind of double negative thing, and somehow somebody I don't know explodes or something. But uh, I, can't, I can't shake the feeling that England are going to win this group. I because... can't. I've, I've I've got them going through in second. That Argentina might just squeak them on the first game, and then everything will go as you expect. Really, I think Here's you're probably I've right.
2: Done. I can see them also beating Argentina and then sort of like joylessly. <laughs> Fifty years of marriage, and you don't even like each other anymore. Love making level of,
1: and they get, they get even more snippy with like yeah. press conferences and and stuff. Yeah. And everyone's everyone's behaving like Nick Easter did in two thousand and seven, like using Nick Faldo lines trying to sound clever. That's how fucking how much of a fucking cocky you Yeah,
2: and that that is what we're going to get. But I think they will shit their way to the semi-finals, probably. <laughs> But every other, I mean, World the Cup thing is that, that would be right. pretty
1: much on brand for them, wouldn't it? It really? would, yeah.
2: But every other World Cup since two thousand seven, right? Argentina get to the semis, or they go out in the group stages, and they went out in the group stages in twenty nineteen. So, semifinals this year, surely? Like they they should top the pool. Think they're a better team than England.
1: England are bad. Japan are. I mean I mean man, let's make no problems. bones about it. People can talk about the warm ups England are absolutely fucking awful. Yeah. Like real bad, nothing good about it. Completely awful. The only thing that
2: I the, my only issue with the world rugby rankings at the moment is is how highly England are rated because because like, it is England... the perfect
1: storm of terrible game plan, transitional coaching situation, nobody playing well, lots of them are mm-hmm. too old. Yeah. Nobody's playing well. Even like Freddie Stewart, the greatest fullback to ever grace the game of rugby union, mm. is somehow not looking good now. But you know I mean? Even somebody is like you Freddie Stewart knew what he was good at and was very good at doing it. Yeah, he can't do any, even any of that anymore. Apart yeah, well, from...
2: he's been to, he's 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 taken it personally that he has to sort of be more attacking and as a result all of the sort of like unspectacular stuff that he was good at has taken a big hit as a result mm. it's funny, it's real funny England are not the 8th best team in the world oh god no you. not
1: at this point no
2: and if they were in any other pool there is no way they would get out of the group they're lucky that they are you know in with Argentina, who are a very good team, but not a an All Blacks or anything like that, and they're in with fucking Argentina. They might get uh, out of Group A. a. They, if, if, yeah, maybe if they
1: swap with New Zealand or France in Group A. I don't know. I'd fancy Italy over them at the moment. See, I I would, but England and Italy just totally oh. do, doesn't it doesn't we obey said- any rules, <laughs> does it? We said this about England and Fiji
2: a couple of weeks ago, and look at that out. I think we're in the process of rules being rewritten and not in a way that England (laughs) enjoy. Usually when England get the rules rewritten, it's to benefit them. Something embarrassing has happened. Somebody
1: somebody in a committee room somewhere will be working very hard to see what they can do about this. (laughs) There must be some clause I can rewrite here to stop any of this from happening.
2: They tried to, Scots tried to sue a hurricane last time. Who do we have to sue to ensure we get out of the pool?
1: We're going to claim act of God defense that this wasn't actually a defeat (laughs) because it was an act of God that we've suddenly become so terrible. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, anyway, so Argentina, Japan ain't going to do too much, I don't believe. Um, And Samoa. Showed something against Ireland, but I wonder if that's the best they're going to get. Yeah, I want Samoa to be good. Yes, and they, have well, to they prove were that... against Ireland, be Yeah,
2: they have to prove that the Irish-Ireland game was not a fluke. And if they do, you know, Japan look fucking bobbins at the moment. <laughs> like, that team was designed to peak in 2019, and, oh, man, it is bad now. They're all old, they're all shit now, and... It'd be interesting to see how much desire there is within, like Japan and Japanese rugby, to rebuild this team for 2027. Or are they kind of like, no, we had our World Cup, and we played very well, and we united a nation, and it's very expensive (laughs) to do what we did. And it's a
1: niche sport, you know. There's only so much you can do.
2: And basically, keep twenty, you know, thirty lads in a four-year training pre World Cup training camp is a very expensive thing to do for a secondary minor sport. So, you know, maybe they'll they'll get, you know they'll happily settle into being sort of at the the top end of tier two and not trouble anybody anymore. Um, and and if they, you know, if that, it, Samoa should, should you know on the basis of the way they played against Ireland, Samoa should beat Japan at the moment. Um, Samoa could give England a scare if they play like they played. You know, if if England had played Samoa when Ireland played Samoa, England would have lost. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, it's a question of whether that is the best of Samoa that we're going to get or whether that is just like, no, this. And you look at that squad and you're like, there's no fucking reason why they can't be. They're fucking absolutely loaded. But uh, we should see. And Chile, man.
1: I mean, Chile Chile, are everyone's second favourite team, aren't they?
2: Yeah. I desperately just want them to win something. Like beat Japan.
1: You know? Fuck it. Why not? My brave Chilean boys. Brilliant place to live, Chile, as well. I was reading about it the other week. I mean, obviously, because, you know, after Pinochet and all that, the massive rebound of the economy, Santiago to Chile's meant to be a fucking outstanding place to live as a city. Glorious stuff.
2: Costa Rica as well. One of the best qualities, living places in the world. Best, you know, they, they, those guys, those Central South American guys, they know what they're fucking doing, you know.
1: So, I had Argentina top in this group, and England squeaking into second. Feels about right. Yeah, like a sort of beached killer whale somehow still managing to <laughs> bite some kid's arm as it walks it's past
2: sort of, it's belching itself into the
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's guts are popping open in the sun yeah. but it's somehow yeah. still managing to uh yeah. <laughs> anna has just said costa rica is central america you see, i said
2: central and south america i would thank i was, was very... gonna
1: say that anna, but i didn't want to be the nose but i said central I and South America.
2: You. thank you very much i knew what i was saying
0: <laughs>
1: Right, I listened to a brilliant thing about the history of Panama the other week. I won't go into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The whole that the you know the canal was American, and the Americans that lived there were called Zonians, and all this. I didn't know any of this stuff. Very interesting. Yeah. You're going to read up on that.
0: Yeah.
1: So that gives us, as far as I can work out, a quarterfinal lineup of France playing South Africa, Ireland playing New Zealand, Fiji playing England again. Yeah, and. I had Wales versus Argentina, but you have probably got Australia versus Argentina, haven't you? I have, yes. So France, South Africa, who's winning that? Fuck me! I mean, watch you
2: Because
1: you're, think... you're into you're into you're into like tournament footy as well now, aren't you? This yeah, you thing.
2: are. I think France, but it will be real close, and it will probably be a war, and. France are like the only team that probably has the depth to cope with the level of injuries that that game will (laughs) cause. (laughs) So, yeah, I would say France just.
1: Yes. I would, yeah. I think I would say that. Yeah, I agree with that. Ireland, New Zealand.
2: I feel like New Zealand are a much better team than the one Ireland beat last summer.
1: They're probably a bit, yeah, I agree with that. Are, Island, are are Island a worse team than the team that played and last summer? Maybe a little bit. I think a little Although bit.
2: a little bit worse. I still think they might just have a little bit too much for current New Zealand. But again, I could see that going either way.
1: And this could Whereas be Scotland, could, New Zealand for all we know. Do you know what I mean? It could be so, Scotland, New Zealand, yeah.
2: In which case, I back New Zealand every single time.
1: But um, Let, Let's say Ireland then. But again, this is all some of this company talks. What's great about it is this is just all. I mean, right oh. from everything we've talked about, it's all going to be so fucking good, isn't it? Oh my yeah. god, I can't wait! Hon- yeah.
2: Honestly, as a slate of fucking quarterfinals, France with South Africa, or New Zealand. Hello, appointment <laughs> fucking television.
1: Uh, that so then the other quarterfinals will be Fiji, England. Yeah, Fiji could do it again twice in a month, twice I in four weeks. I've got a horrible exactly. feeling that they can't <laughs> I think they can. I
2: think they can I hope they can, but I feel like yeah, a lot of things went wrong for England in that game as well as a lot of things going right for Fiji and as much as I feel like Fiji could play a lot better than they did against England uh, okay, let's just let's just let's let's feel good about this let's say that Fiji beat England again.
1: Yeah, let's do that. This is our yeah. tournament, Josh. This yeah, is exactly. how we want to see it go. Fuck like reality. Fuck like the cold, harsh light of day. So I've got Wales versus Argentina here. You've probably got Australia versus Argentina. So yeah. is, is the outcome any different?
2: Yes. I, if it was Wales versus Argentina, I would fancy Wales. <laughs> because I just feel like whereas Australia, I think there's a level of familiarity there that i think that they will just handle australia personally
1: Do you i think so argentina in the semis we think yeah yeah i argentina
2: fiji in the semis
1: fucking hell magic can you imagine
2: honestly that is going to be an absolutely incredible game
1: so let's just let's let's snake uh whatever they call snake drafting or back this way then. So if Fiji, be Argentina in the semis, who's winning that? Argentina. <laughs> just the pure shit housing and
2: Yeah, I the think I think I trust Argentina to be bigger shit houses. And also let's not forget, Argentina are capable of being like Olympic level fun when they wanna be. And and if, if Fiji want to make it last, try wins. Argentina will absolutely get involved in that. But equally, Argentina could just turn it into a really horrible game. And, and i fancy Argentina in that situation, to be brutally honest.
1: Anna says, my friends are getting married the weekend of the quarterfinals and I'm furious about it. It's a second marriage. Surely I don't need to go. I wouldn't even go to my own second marriage if it was on the weekend of the quarterfinals. Not that I want one, but I wouldn't go. It's no, unreasonable. Yeah.
2: Why are you getting married a second time? Don't worry about it.
1: So, Argentina are in the final. Yeah, they seem. You know, logic dictates that they are. It's either them or Fiji. Yeah. But it's probably going to be England. So, just fucking brace yourselves. Everybody better brace themselves for that.
2: England being in the fucking final, everybody. But in our happy world, Argentina make it to the first final. And we have Ireland versus France in in the other semi. Now,
1: Ireland I made think. France look pretty fucking ordinary in the Six Nations. It did. I mean, that literally fizzled out into a fucking pointless game. Ireland was so on top.
2: They were. And if it was in Dublin, I would say they will do it again. But Ireland have Dublin, comprehensively beaten like Ireland in France every time they've had to over the last couple of years. And mm. I just think, you know, if... Provided that everybody is fit and firing, and the key guys, you know, you're talking your Dupont and maybe Wilms are coming back, and Aldrich and Oliver, I just, I just think they've got. I feel like this French team are powered by something that this Irish team are unfortunately not at this time, and that is a, a heaped dose of fucking national destiny.
1: Yes.
0: And
2: you've got to remember, like, as much as Ireland obviously really want to win this World Cup, like there will be a part of the Irish psyche that will be thinking, lads, we won a quarter (laughs) final. Like that's all that's a huge monkey off our backs, and we've already gone better than any Irish team that's ever gone before. Whereas for France, there is nothing else but winning the World Cup this year. Hmm. Everything, anything less than like Ireland could get to a final and lose, and it would still be a successful tournament for them, and they would, you know, feel like they shouldn't against whoever they're going to face, face in that. But you know what? They I
1: won't think. at the time, but I think they're it and go, yeah, that's the direction you want to it be. Yeah. exactly.
2: Whereas for this French team, it is literally, this is our time, this is our moment, this is France in France, the golden generation. It, it could it could be too much for them but also it could <laughs> yes. be or it
1: could, it be, could be you know 1998 wrong... football team yeah it could, exactly
2: and I, and when you think about the tournaments that france have won uh, on the football side quite often it has been you know um, euros in 2016 in the uh, 2000 2000 and and in the world cup in 98 like there's a there's a fucking there's a there's something that happens in France basically when the national team gets on its fucking uppers in front of the home crowd in a major tournament. And I as much as I think Ireland could win it, and it's it would not be a huge shock if they did, I just think France have got a little bit more in the like that that game we saw against France was the absolute best that Ireland have played in the last four years, probably. That was better than they played against the All Blacks.
1: And of course, was if it? that is the final, as we're predicting it, that would be the same as the World Cup final from last year. Yes, yes, it would. So Argentina could be the champions. Imagine imagine the champions of the world in rugby and football and at football. the same yeah. time. Imagine, the, sport, the, fucking, it, imagine the, the long weekend in Buenos Aires that would be uh, <laughs> kicking off.
2: But I reckon if it's France Argentina final, it is an absolute fucking pumping. to and France win.
1: Do you think about this? The way the draws are going is that actually the group people put it. If, if it goes a certain way, people play it to so the group play each other so again in the semis, don't they? Yeah. So Ireland could play South Africa again in the semis, or yeah. New Zealand could play France again in the semis. Yeah. So Australia. Could play, could play CG. England uh, could play Argentina, yeah, etc. That that's so hopefully well. Hopefully that would happen because it, I don't think it's really what should be happening. But uh, that's if I were if
2: I were to think, it, I would flip that over for 2027. So I would not have pool like everybody on once. Like I yes. would use, I would have the winner of pool, the runner up of pool A playing the winner of pool C, for example. Yes, and and so we mix up the draw a little bit better. So we do, basically there's no chance for a team to meet again unless it's the
1: final. Yeah, it's Unless just they the fair, do them it's, fair enough. You know, everyone's talked about the draw a lot, but I think, yeah, yeah. if they don't take some learnings from this, then a uh... big time. So we think France are going to win the whole thing, if that's the semi, don't we? If that's the final, don't we? I it is. that's where we've ended up. But and it, could, then, it could be, then, be then,
2: Ireland or...
1: Yeah, North I mean, that's North the other North. thing. I mean, we're, we're just plumping for some stuff here, aren't we? But ultimately, particularly that top half of the draw, it could be a right fucking... Oh Dazzle yeah, could be anybody, and uh, and then I think Ireland will probably come third. I think it'll beat Fiji Ridge. in that in that in that bronze final if that's the way it goes. Well, so there you go. That's us previewing and mapping out this entire thing. France, Argentina in the final it could be England. in the England final, as Kerry says, if England get in the final, this could be a key one of the most one sided finals in a long time. It'd have a nineteen ninety nine vibe, wouldn't it? If England got to the final, I think. I
2: tell you what, man. If England gets to the final and it's France or Ireland, it's going to be an absolute humping.
1: It'll be it'll be New Zealand versus France in that quarter final or whatever it was from twenty eleven. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> right. That is the end of the preview. Yes. Uh, all the games start this weekend. Just a quick reminder of what is coming up this weekend. We've got, in case you don't know, we've got France, New Zealand on Friday night. <laughs> yes, mate. Then Saturday, you could do back to back. All the the earliest kickoffs at twelve o'clock, so you could do back to back on the Saturday. Italy, Namibia, yeah, okay. Ireland, Romania,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Australia, Georgia, and England, yeah, Argentina. Oh is what's happening Saturday Then Sunday. You got Japan Chile. That's worth fucking watching at twelve o'clock notice. lunchtime on a on in UK time.
2: South Africa Scotland, Scotland. viewing
1: Wales Fiji viewing.
2: Yeah, and then and we got a little break.
1: And then Thursday's your next game France Uruguay. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of settling and, into think, New Zealand. Think, New Zealand maybe maybe it's on a Friday night. That's like a fucking Friday night. Schlockfest that.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say that like the second weekend of fixtures is a little bit of a sort of like eh kind of it's like Samoa-Chile is gonna be fun, but like South Africa, Romania, Australia like Australia PG would be a good game, I guess.
1: Ireland Tonga but, might be interesting. Although it'll be a convincing win, but won't be a horrible watch, you don't know I mean. No.
2: England, so Japan, that's in
1: Romania. they say like turn your kids, you know, turn your kids to the wall. Time in it.
2: Yeah, well, same with New Zealand, Namibia. Let's yeah, be that is yeah. going to be. And france Uruguay is going to be an absolute hosing.
1: Austra- so, <laughs> Australia, Australia Fiji will be good though. Sunday tea time
2: will be good. Uh, and where's Portugal might be good, probably won't
1: right so anyway, we can't go through entire yeah. all the fixtures, that's the first couple of weeks. Yeah. You can talk about more about it next week when I'm not here. When I'm in yeah. on a sum well, I'll be off for summer by the time you record yeah. this. But I'll
2: have to find somebody to you know
1: yeah, do it with. Come on, get it sorted. All right. <laughs> Shall we finish with shit good, Josh? So we should yeah. This off? Now lots and lots and lots of people, including Matt Matthewman, Dan also James Franklin, and many, many, many more, and myself. Have decided to venture that the biggest shit of this week are the England Rugby Union squads suits, and they're definitely
2: the worst ones, right? It's been and a lot of
1: suit. There's been a lot of suit action, hasn't there? This, yeah,
2: this, you know, everybody's the had their You know, everyone's had their official welcome, which involves suits, and some of them have looked very good. Fiji, absolutely yeah. unbelievably.
1: Wales done. in good nick, to be fair.
2: Wales good nick.
1: Um Fiji looking fun. like that and singing five part harmony. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just glorious. What more do you want from life and rugby than that? England, though. I mean, Church seriously, Twitter or whatever the fuck. That... The home of fucking tailoring, by the way. Yeah, England, international. Yeah. taught tailoring of this Saville, type. Savile world. is literally
2: yeah. where this shit is invented. And you cannot find 33 suits (laughs) that fit.
1: I've been on fucking low-end weddings with suits that fit better than that, with the Greensmen from Ciro Chiterio or whatever, or fucking Moss Bros, whatever you're calling it. Yeah. It is an absolute disgrace.
2: What's the most impressive thing about the England stuff is that every single suit fits wrongly in a slightly
1: different way. (laughs) Yeah, how the fuck, right... Do you manage to make Freddie Stewart, Freddie Stewart's inseam four inches too long for his legs? <laughs> like he's I about know, seven feet tall. It's like we
2: have all fo- we all follow the fucking menswear guy now. We all know how a suit is <laughs> supposed if to he's, sit. If
1: they were three inches too short, I could maybe understand that. Because exactly. one for a start, that's kind of what young people that's are Tom doing Faldi. now.
2: That, yeah. uh,
1: halfway up your fucking leg, no socks, fucking mince trotter look. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like it, but I'd understand it. This I don't understand at all. No. It's like, yeah, there's supposed to be a
2: bit of gather on the top of the shoe. A bit um, of
1: break, yeah. A bit of break, yeah. as they call it, yeah.
2: Not like... You're not supposed to look like your fucking rumple Rumpelstiltskin or something. You know, it's...
1: You're not supposed all... to look like that. that bit of the end of Big when Tom Hanks walks back towards the house <laughs> and turns back into a kid. That's basically what that most of that squad looks like.
2: Yeah. A bunch of lads with jackets that are too tight for them, which just, if anything, they should be getting like more. Like, I, I understand you probably didn't take their suit measurements like a week ago or whatever, because it takes time, but like, how much have they put on around the chest and tum in, in six oh, what, weeks or eight weeks? What that... is it
1: with the trap? What, what, what you- well, I'm normally a 34, 32. Okay. Well, these thirty-eight inch leg, do you? <laughs> well, no, obviously not. But somehow it seems that, it seems that's what you're being given. It just looks like they've arrived at the tailoring bit, like the second team in a rugby club. When you get to the fucking socks and shorts, yeah. Bag,
2: sorry lads, this
1: is all we've got left. This is all we've got left. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to wear the prop shorts, even though you play fullback. <laughs> you know. <laughs>
2: that being said. France and Scotland both stinking the place up going blue suit with shiny white daps, which if in France, wear, are, are Scotland
1: it, wearing that Harris Tweed suit as well, because that's nice.
2: Yeah, they rock they rocked up with no tie white daps Ooh, God. suit. I'm which not is the Scotland one. Let me extremely have a look now. it's the uniform you wear if you're about to head to like an Andrew Tate speaking engagement, you know? It's <laughs> Big fucking pickup artist energy, and I mean, with the French guys, like, a they were wearing a tie at least, and I get it. Garthier does it, but he's just one man. Like, you know, he's a maverick French womanizer. He's allowed to do what the hell he wants. When everyone does it together, it just looks a bit weird. When you're all wearing the same shiny white daps. But like, yeah, it's it's no excuse, really. These 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 teams all have formal wear partners, whose entire job it is is to kit out the squad for this exact moment. The only time that you well-cut jackets, though,
1: I will give that to Scotland. That is, I've found it now. It's It's a very, it's a very. it's, it's a, a very well-cut long... jacket and it's nicely,
2: yeah It's a nicely done suit, but they should be wearing a tie and having some shoes on. You're yes, not... they
1: should. This the, the, yes they should. You're not, you know, oh. you're not you're not in the toilet stiffy cocaine in some city establishment. This is you know yeah,
2: exactly. you're not in an all-bar
1: one by now. <laughs> <laughs> That's you're not an all bar one by now getting leathered by Rafael Ibanez for, for <laughs> taking the piss out of his girlfriend, as we've established. But yeah, it's a. Um... But anyway, yes,
2: yes. New Zealand's ones, yeah. No, because obviously, New Zealand are are they black? Well, yeah, well, New Zealand have the unfortunate um thing of being sponsored, they don't have a formal wear thing, they are sponsored by um replay denim. Oh, no, um, who basically instead of their travel wear is um is basically some what, how can I describe it as uh Johnny cash tribute act so it's it's jeans and but western what period
1: shirt. not the ruffle shirt period for
2: the no but, period.
1: but it's jeans
2: and like best western shirts but all black here he goes this is what the old blacks wear oh oh like so it's 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 cowboy shirts. It's like a chore jacket. Ones. Yeah, but with black jeans and white shoes. And that is what passes. So I last I saw, that is what the All Blacks are still wearing as their travel attire slash sort of formal attire because they're like so different. The All Blacks don't have to wear suits. They just wear Western shirts.
1: I thought they might have had like a... Are they still sponsored by Adidas
2: for their kit yes they are yeah
1: i thought it might have gone that whole You know have you seen that elton john sometimes wears that fucking gucci adidas crossover suit <laughs> with like the fucking the three three feathers I on it, it, all. it. I it's absolutely it, yeah. dreadful but you know it's very elton's so you gotta go with it yeah uh, but back at england oh god yeah. yeah
2: it's appalling stuff it's really tacky really no, horrible it's
1: really bad Yes. It's like, as I said,
2: it looks kind of like shiny. It's, it's, so I, I haven't seen the All Blacks haven't done a welcome thing yet. So whether they will rock up wearing the sort of the yeah. the double denim or not remains <laughs> to be seen. But we'll... Let's, Maybe let's,
1: it'll be, let's, it'll be let's triple
2: denim when like, it's from. And that, summer, that'll still look better than what England are wearing. <laughs>
1: yeah. But back at England, though, somebody's already yeah. made the point to look like a high school prom 15-year-old's they look like a high school prom from nineteen ninety three. That's how badly. Really, they do, them. yeah. They look like uh, the cast of the musical version of The Wire that's just about to be <laughs> released on the stage. Must <laughs> have taken a curtain call there. Honestly, it's like a what I was. I said like a bag of washing. They look like that. Yeah, they look like Ronnie Corbett's put Ronnie Barker's clothes on. Boom! Bang up to date with the cultural references there for all the young'uns <laughs> listening. Horrific, it's just... and suede shoes. Man, am I right to thinking they're wearing suede yeah. shoes with all this?
2: They're wearing <laughs> sort of beige, gray brown, brown shoes.
1: Hearing oh, me, I mean, imagine going for a piss in them for a start. Now, everyone knows you'd have been splashing all over the place with them shoes on.
2: I mean, saying that, like the kit, the, the, the kitten caboodle that ITV's pundits have. Opted to pose in for their official photographs,
1: and that's what you even think about the people who are actually inside the fucking kit and caboodle that they're wearing.
2: <laughs> have you seen what Delalio is wearing in his uh in his his ICV promotional headshot? That they is use His jeans for? and a sport coat. No, it's not. He genuinely looks like a divorced dad who's about.
1: to... Is he wearing something from the Weatherspoons Divorcee collection? Like Alan, <laughs> like Alan Shearer specializes in a Match of the Day. It's it's not even the. It is genuinely
2: that da- divorced dad at a soft play on a Saturday morning energy. Oh my word! <laughs> it's it's a beige short sleeve. That that color washes you right out, mate. Right out. By any stretch of the imagination, uh, that is not a good look for him. And yeah,
1: I think England will surprise people like they always do. Says Lawrence here. Yeah, they might surprise you the way you don't want though.
2: Yeah, I mean there there are other options. Of course, there is. You know, you can go down the Greg Laidlaw, I'm Scottish, don't you
1: know? I I don't mind that though. I can at least see what he's trying to achieve.
2: He's going full, uh, like, you know, I'm turbo Scottish at this, by the way. Don't expect any impartiality out of me. and I'm fine with that. Whereas Jamie Roberts <laughs> doesn't bother at all. He's literally just wearing a T-shirt.
1: I was literally on my way back from picking up some bagels and I just yeah. thought I ended up here.
2: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes. Uh, so, yeah,
1: dreadful. Absolutely, absolutely dreadful appalling. and absolutely inexcusable. It makes me think they've all worn each other's clothes for, wrongly for a laugh. Yeah, they've been
2: mislabeled. And,
1: well, you know, like when, they're that fa- when England in uh, France 98, famously, the football team famously had to try and get as many song titles into interviews. That's what they agreed yep. as a squad until anybody spotted it. Maybe this, a bit of that. Let's just all wear each other's clothes and see if anybody notices. Yep. It'd be a yep. really, really shit thing to do. But that would be absolutely on brand for our lacking in imagination and utterly, utterly dishwater Joyless, looking, joyless. The, this, fun. this squad yeah. are. Yeah. This squad are like somebody in works made you a cup of tea. And I think everybody knows what you don't even like tea, Josh. But that's that's that kind of make that's the so vibe it, this squad gets. Up. This squad yeah. is the cup of tea that somebody in work has made you without having the courtesy to ask you how you take it.
2: Yeah. Well, they have, but they've forgotten. <laughs> and...
1: and they've brought... Yeah, it's just real bad. Yeah. Right, so we carry on in terms yes. of shit. Well, David Lowry says, uh, Fijian whales singing singing an island clapping. I'll let you decide which way round they go. <laughs> oh, the island clapping. <laughs> real embarrassing. It's like Jameson
2: Gibson Park doing it and, like, seemingly had not consulted anyone else in the Irish squad about it by how sort of awkwardly they were like
0: <laughs> and also yeah.
1: it was, that was t- half t- of them t- had t- clearly t- never t- seen it before either let's, yeah. let's get that out of there
2: 2016
1: Iceland doing that yeah. in that the, had in strong Europe. we don't watch football vibes about it that did
2: yeah but like it was just such a weird like oh yeah let's Let's do that. Like that was like Ireland didn't like Iceland didn't even invent that. Like just because they're called Iceland and it's one letter different doesn't mean that you get to do (laughs) it as well.
1: (laughs) Clearly, it doesn't mean that. Judging by the way they did it, so it was just like it just you know Wales and Fiji
2: showing everyone how it's done on the singing front, whereas like. You've had four, you're like five months in camp together, right? And you haven't even put a choir together. The best you can do is clap. What is wrong
1: with you? Like, at least do a dance or something. I mean, if you know. I mean, to be fair to them, it's not like... You, know, you can't expect Ireland to be singing songs. It's not like they've got a very rich history of folk songs, is it? Do you know what I mean? You can't it's not like they have some of the most that. beautiful folk songs ever <laughs> written. And everything. It's not like they exported folk music to the entire, of the kind of Northern American yeah. world, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, where was I then? Sure. Sean gets in touch. He says, shit is Galthier, Beaumonts," and... Gilpin's comments about he's still innocent, blah, blah, about Chalereau. Uh yeah. He's not, he's been found guilty by court. He's now appealing. Yes, as you, uh, well, didn't very allude to honesty, very clearly yeah. Points later. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Fraser McVean says, shit is even more rugby values contrivance with Alan Wynne-Jones picking up rubbish after playing for Toulon. Just fuck off, he says. Fair enough.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm not being funny either. If I bend over too often, my back goes like that. And, you know, and he's not that yes. much younger than me now. You know, he needs to be thinking on. I'll at least take a shit. litter pick and stick with you.
0: That's
1: true. Robert Saltysiak gets in touch. I think that's how he said, Robert. And he says, mm. shit is having saved up with my brother and a couple of mates for five years and bought tickets to four of the quarters and semis of the one World Cup I might actually be able to attend for I don't know how many years because I'm a teacher, uh, etc. I've worked out I can't go after all. I need to shift my tickets and try to get travel refunds. Ugh. He said, however... Good is that I'm missing it all because it clashes with the due date of my first daughter. Oh, oh well. Oh, cool. see, wasn't that he, yeah. see the way he fucking baited us there? I know. Robert, it's that was cool wonderful. All the best to you and your significant other and your Indeed. daughter to come. Oh, England do gets in touch. He says shit, yes, is the Irish Viking clap. So awful in an idea and execution, it's I can't even speak. Cool. And he said it's one it's one of the shit welcome videos that Ireland have really pushed to the boundaries. Yes. Have you got any shit, Josh, other than what we've rank- ranted on about? Uh,
2: Danny Cipriani's book. Oh yeah. <laughs> on the one, I started off finding this hilarious, just to see him just tossing grenades into every camp that he'd ever touched uh, as, as either a coach or a player, you know, a week out from the World Cup. On the other hand, it's it's quite sad that you know a guy who was one of the most talented English players in the last thirty odd years has been reduced to sort of hawking in an autobiography exclusively through a series of sort of incredibly cringe sexcapades. <laughs> you know? It's like... And also, he wrote this book this year, and he's talking about what a fucking top bloke Sam, uh, Sam Burgess is still. It's like, Danny, read a fucking <laughs> newspaper, mate.
1: And some of the evidence he's using for the fact that he's a top bloke is a bit like, well, that all, all sounds really quite... Sounds awful, Stave- yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: you, you sneaked out, ended up at a house party, and then went to a strip club. I mean, that sounds delightful.
1: Yeah, yeah he seems like a lovely bloke. Some of it's obviously got a point. He's basically saying that Eddie Jones ruled by fear and it was shit, and you're not going to get the best out of anybody doing yeah. that. I mean, yeah, you know, don't disagree with some of that stuff, you know. But it's, and, uh... and,
2: and Steve Lancaster was focused on fucking for England and St. George stuff over actual preparation and when you actually cross the white line it meant absolutely nothing
1: but it's that weird Mike Cat one as well isn't it where basically Mike Cat said, to him shit that Danny work a bit harder as so, sipper sipping around he went up to him and said you got something to say to me Mike Cat Mike Cat full name
0: he's just uh, said yeah. it to you
1: just work yeah. a... A per- That I've heard a coach say that a million times to so a million people <laughs> shit that come on work a bit harder and then it was like and then he told me I'll never play for England again it's like I'm sure that's not the full story I, yeah, like, and also, I don't want to. Like, if Danny Cipriani if... was ugly, by the way, nobody would have ever mentioned him again. No, he got about six caps. Look at how that didn't work out did it. Well, he would have been Shane Garrity.
0: He would have been. <laughs> Let's Shane be Geraghty. honest.
1: Not as good though. Clearly, <laughs> no, obviously. No, obviously, obviously. Not. English. on. Fish, yeah.
2: yeah. Um. I just, like. I don't like. I don't mind Eddie Jones catching strays as a result of all of this. But equally, I don't really want to hear him sort of... Eddie Jones says it's fabrication, by the way, but him, Danny Cipriani, projecting Eddie Jones frothily asking about what it's like to have sex with Kirsty Gallagher like any more than I want to hear about Danny's weirdly meticulous threesome schedule. Like... <laughs> I've managed to avoid all that, thank God. It's just a bit grim, man. Like, it's, it doesn't edify anybody, least alone him, but just also everything about Rugby Union doesn't stand up well. The, the.
1: I mean, obviously, this is not app in rugby league. Like, you wouldn't get an England international being filmed doing something unspeakable down the back of an alley just before a season <laughs> starts, would you? Fuck well, me, you that were- was. Oh, There'd be absolutely yeah. no there would
2: absolutely, absolutely no fucking appetite for a fucking autobiography
1: Good if he was a
2: revealing player, let's be honest.
1: That's true. Um Yeah, so yeah. Best of luck with it, Danny, and your weird hippie-ish self-improvement chat. Yeah, which is not, got... not at least his is just like hippie-ish and friendly, not down like creepy like Carl Sinkler's <laughs> and, and scary. Yeah.
2: Did you, actually I'm gonna dig it out like the 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 thing that he says when he describes his relationship with Dr. Johnny Wilkinson is one of the most weird paragraphs of stuff that I've ever read. So I read it goes Sibirianni says he's good friends with Johnny Wilkinson, right? And he says, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm very much a feel person. I wasn't ever much of a thinker." but Johnny is so intellectual and his intel- his intellect triggers so many feelings in me and I then put words to it and then I trigger something in him and we go back and forth. It's a really beautiful relationship in that way, so I'm lucky
1: to have befriended him the way I have. He's a very special person in my life. It's an oldest story in the world, isn't it, really? Boy needs <laughs> boy. Boy thinks too deeply, makes other person feel too many things. In yeah. turn, that makes him feel back to make him think more. You know, it's just, it's like not in ill. And they What's trigger, uh,
2: and they just trigger something in each other back and forth. And I'm so... just a
1: fly half standing in front of another fly half asking Ask. him to think <laughs> enough to make me feel enough to make you think more so I can feel more. As Julia Roberts said. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> John, hey, let's move on to good. Fuck me. Yeah. That was good because it was so batshit. Yeah. Johnny says, good is Ulster playing a home game while the corporate manslaughter dome is out of action at a GAA ground in Cavern, which for those of you who don't know is the Republic of Ireland bit of Ulster. A huge step to show the previously Protestant-dominated game can be a game for all someday. Yes, that is very lovely. Indeed. Sam Marsh and Peter Elder pointed out that Iceland nicked it off Motherwell. Yes, they did, yeah. I'm currently reading, as well as the Brian Clough book, an audio book when I'm in the car, I'm reading Mm. Pat Nevin's second part of his autobiography, and he was Mm. chief executive at Motherwell for a while and played for Motherwell. Very interesting read. Very interesting, if you're Mm. interested. He's an interesting character, Pat Nevin. But uh, yeah, yeah. anyway, that's all I'm going to say on that. If you want, looking for something to read, go and get it. Uh, Football and How to Survive It is the second part of his memoir. The first part is called The Accidental Footballer. They're both both Mm. good. Anyway, Dennis Souter says, "Good is my skyscraper challenges this Saturday, and my plan is to abseil. My plan for the abseil is to cry for my mum all the way down. Yeah, I've done abseiling when I was with cadets many moons ago. I won't fancy doing it now. No,
2: thank you. Not
1: interested. Grant Taylor says, Uh my first match as coach of Percy Park Colts ended.'" in a gutsy 38-36 win against a club with a double the amount of players we had and a huge pack which looked positively South African. Mm. Oh, well done, Grant. You see, you forget yeah. that you know grassroots rugby is ticking away in the background in the midst of all this big cup talk, don't you?
2: It's true. And grassroots rugby like the top 14, which was still going until like last night at 9pm. Sam Marsh's
1: yeah. Pat Nevin almost drove the club out of business. He has a different view of that. I'm sure you'll be <laughs> surprised to know. <laughs> but I'm just at that bit now. It's it's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. I wasn't there, of course, but it is interesting. Mm. Callum Rose says, finally, I'm off to Cote d'Azur for three weeks on Wednesday. Many glasses of culture will be consumed. He says, however, shit is the accommodation messaging 20 minutes ago that the aircon is broken in the middle of a heat wave. Yes, Not you know. Good. Your diamond shoes are too tight and your wallet is not big enough for your 50s, Callum. I'm feeling terrible for you after the Côte d'Azur for three weeks there. But no, mm-hmm. sorry, that does sound fucking nothing worse than being boiling. I was on oh. holiday once with a, with a, in Greece and there was a, a couple there and a, he was Scottish. I'm not inferring anything by that, but he was a middle-aged Scottish fellow with his missus and she said he refused to pay for the aircon because he was so tight. So they were basically sweating their bollocks off every night because he wouldn't pay the €5 Euro a night air con charge. Absolutely not. Can you imagine the level of tightness? He was a dentist yeah. as well. Can you yeah. imagine the level of tightness that, that that you'd have to put yourself through that discomfort to save yourself, what's that, €70 Euro <laughs> across two weeks? It's, it's quite
2: simply a, a false economy.
1: In every These sense. people are yeah. just honestly... And I don't yeah. mean Scottish people, I mean that man doing that yeah. who happened to be Indeed. Scottish. Indeed, Woof, that was an epic, wasn't it, Josh? It Probably was. because we didn't get to the end of the news till 48 fucking minutes in.
2: I know. And also there's a World Cup. Not, World, Cup World Cup, World
1: yeah. Cup. I appreciate your patience, Josh, more than anybody else's with my well, you know, meandering. And meandering. Uh, but I appreciate everybody else who's out there still listening. Have a wonderful first week of the World Cup. I won't be here. I will be back tanned and all guns blazing for the week yeah, after.
2: Hello, everyone. Josh, awesome. with
1: whoever you it choose is. to do this with next week,
2: it is whoever's not in France, basically. But, you know, <laughs> it's or... not
1: many people. It's actually the no. kind of people we'd normally get to chat with. The pool has shrunk right down. <laughs> yeah. Plus, they've all started their own podcasts. It's a plague, honestly. Yeah. Speak to you all soon. Have a wonderful Have a- World holiday. first weekend. Of the World Cup, everyone. Goodbye. Take care, everybody. Bye.